the Coaches Collaboration Podcast. Hey, this is Josh Pearson. Performance Specialist with the Complete Athlete. This is Cole Warren. Certified USAPL Club Coach and owner of Salutum Health and Performance. Each week, Cole and Josh will take you through training techniques and tips, talk to athletes and fitness professionals to educate and motivate you for your fitness goals. Plus, you'll follow the journeys of Team Salutum Powerlifting and Get Complete Athletes. The Coaches Collaboration Podcast is brought to you by Salutum Health and Performance. Take your full power potential to a new level. Online powerlifting coaching. Customized programming to fit your individual needs and goals. Access to a coach 24-7. Whether you need a quick form check or a full program, Salutum Health and Performance has one goal in mind, taking you to the next level. Got a meet coming up? Ask about on-site coaching. Join the team that's setting records across the powerlifting community. Team Salutum Powerlifting with Salutum Health and Performance. Online at SalutumHP.com. SalutumHP.com. And now, the Coaches Collaboration Podcast. Drew, we're here with Jim Ellie today from RTS. He's an RTS coach. Um, Hold up. Not everybody knows what RTS is. Reactive Training Systems. They're a coaching company that does a lot of powerlifting coaching. Headed up by Mike T, who's kind of the godfather of the whole RPE as it pertains to powerlifting and stuff like that. For for years and for... For whatever reason, I I wasn't following him, but I've seen him on other people's posts. On I've heard him on podcasts with Mike. I've, but then recently I was like, okay, well I've been seeing him around Minnesota, and then eventually I was just like, dude, do you like live here? And, and then you do. So I was like, well, let's have him in. So you're originally from here, correct? Yeah, I grew up in. Well, I was. Yeah, I grew up in Edina. Okay. And down in Minnesota, and then I think that was mostly for schools. You know, mm-hmm. because it's they're decent. Did you play hockey? No, decent. His no. graduating class was like two thousand. No, no, no. Edina, like Edina, as in the education system, is really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah it's yeah. Yeah. that's where it's my husband's my husband's cities. family grew up in Edina. <laughs> my, so, my father yeah. grew up in Edina. Yeah, Edina. Did he? Before yeah. they had the the school split, they know? had all the fancy grocery stores with carpet in them and stuff. Let's like, just say they had an archery class. Enough said. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I grew up there, and then I didn't play hockey, and that. Whole another topic, but like I, I don't think I fit in well in the high schools because of that. Like I, and that's kind of why I started lifting in the first place because one, I didn't hit puberty till I was like eight, six, maybe seventeen. Okay, you know, depending yeah. when you count it. I don't know when you like went. Oh, puberty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you get your first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, stop, Josh. <laughs> just, we're I gonna stopped. put we're gonna put Josh on the stop. I stopped. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I I did. I was into basketball. That was my thing okay. when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't have, like I was small and right. slow, and I didn't have a lot of muscle, and and I didn't really like running. So like that was the other thing people did when they couldn't play sports. Is right, run. and they just ran. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I hated it, and I I kept getting injuries like in my hip flexors and stuff. So anyway, I, the one thing we did in the in track and running was mm-hmm. like optional lifting, and right. I'm like that's not optional for me. It's fun. It's the only thing that makes me feel. Like, I can get better at something. Right, I didn't right. have, and I also love that there was no pressure because nobody liked it. Okay, like everyone was like, "Oh, every every hockey player too." Yeah, it's like, "Oh God, I hate." I had to lift this weekend. Like I yeah. had to actually. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, like you, you are. Don't you need to do this for your sport? Right. So, did you do you think you liked the fact that you could like put time in and then see immediate results? Is that what it was? Whereas before, like with the other sports, it's like, well, I'm fucking, uh, there's no way I'm ever going to be with yes. those, you know what I mean? I felt like there was a huge gap between yeah. w- the amount of energy I'd have to put in. I mean, to be fair, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a, I'm a victim because I didn't hit puberty. Like I probably could have practiced more 
in, right. in basketball, right. and I could have had better ball. Better but ball again, handling. were you, you know, still four foot ten or something? Yeah, yeah. I was like okay. five one. Yeah, and yeah. Like, so that's pretty like, tough to get good at basketball. <laughs> when everyone else is five eleven, and, and they're jacked. Yeah, exactly. Hell. Right. I'm like, man, what do you want me to <laughs> right. do? So five foot one, tough. This to play guy's hockey got a full too. beard. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, yeah. the hockey yeah. thing wasn't. Uh, it was my parents didn't want it. It's expensive. It's a ton yeah. of money. sure. And yeah. it's not even that. They, like Edina, I live near Edina. Edina is the best hockey program, arguably, right. in the world, right. probably, right. At, the, at that level. Yeah, because don't they have, like, um, like Shattuck St. Mary's down there and all that? Yeah, like, that's crazy hockey. And you know what's mm-hmm. funny is, with what you're doing now, <laughs> to be able to look at these guys who they want to be the best, but they didn't want to put it in. Yeah. Like, you go and look at these big hockey players now, the ones who are the best of the best, they lift constantly like right. if you look at like for example I'm, I'm from North Dakota so I'm a fighting Sioux fan and you go and you check out their weight room mm-hmm. their weight room is fantastic mm-hmm. like to to be looking at that point for you going well I can't play hockey but I'm looking I can literally look from the outside looking in and go here's what you're missing yeah mm-hmm. like you guys are sp- what a perspective thing yeah I mean and I'm not I mean hockey was just a, such an interesting part because it was the it was how all the social circles were well, developed. Look, mm-hmm. the first thing right. we asked when you said you grew up in Adina is, did you, you play, play hockey? hockey? Yeah. Like, right. it's just kind of a thing and that I comes didn't. with it. Right. And every time they're like, oh, what team? I don't play. And then they're like, oh, all right. Oh. Oh. Okay, bye. See you in the summer. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you were just a scholar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's, God help you for just wanting to learn and be a human being. Well, but... the worst part about Adina is that these kids were great at hockey and, and really smart. good at school. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, like Freaking I couldn't assholes. win. Like I'm, I'm at best 50% of the best. Uh, right. hockey player. You right. Know? right. The, the best hockey player also gets like a 4.0. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. But do bone. they? Lori Laughlin, just checking. Anybody follow the no, news? That fell oh, flat. for a second, oh. I was like, is that like an old reference? Holy no. That? She just paid all that money to get her kid into a certain college. Oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the college. Full house bitch. Yeah. yeah. God, you guys, you know what? I'm done. I'm sorry. My, my, uh, no, I'm not worried about you. Oh, okay. No, you get total pass. These two ding-dongs, <laughs> on the other hand, they look for any reason they can to be like, wow, she's ancient and dusty, isn't she? I don't say that stuff. Okay, so anyways. I see it in your eyes. You, you first got into lifting when you were in high school, and then uh, from there where you just like you just kind of went to college and was, lifting was still kind of always just a part of your life? or Yeah, so I actually, I was a scholar in that sense. Like, I, I did well in school. Yeah. And I really wanted to get away from Minnesota if I could. So mm-hmm. once once the scholarships and things, those times to apply for scholarships came around, I was just searching all the Big Ten schools, mm. like what their scholarship was and like what they are offering. And, and how to get out of here. How to At get this out of point here. Right. in your life, how, what were you interested in doing? Did you know? Oh, I do. I I was so into lifting. Like, really? At that point, I, I was I was cause I was on I was on the forums. I was. Learnings. Oh, so you're an OG, was, OG, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were like bodybuilding.com. He was forums, googling all that. Shit, huh? I was googling, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. everyone, man. Uh, I mean, a lot of people probably around my age at least have this story. Like they were into it, and nobody understood, nobody cared. And right. that's where you found the the similarities with right. other people yeah. was on the forums. Yeah, like on the forums. Actually, my buddy that I told you, my friend is coming up next week. I'm yeah. from Canada. Yep. Uh, this so this guy's from Canada. His name's Francis. Uh, and he, him and I like developed this like kind of relationship on, on forums. Cause he was helping me out with technique and oh, wow. he was always, lo- he was very adamant about logging his training on okay. the forum and he wanted me to look at it and like help him out with, uh, his technique. And then he would help me and we kind of troll each yeah. other, but like, yeah. yeah, right, right, you know, but it was like, 
That's where you found that community of right. lifting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really good friends now. I uh, when I went so anyway, long story short, I I found that Ohio State had a great out of out of uh out of state scholarship. Yep. And it was a scholarship based on like your edu- you know, your 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 grades in ACT and I did well enough on both. They gave me a scholarship well enough to match what it would cost to go to the U of M. Oh, okay. You know, so that even yep, leveled the playing right. fields. Yep. And I'm like, Mom and Dad, I'm get, getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. And they were awesome. My parents, they were like, okay, we get it. Like, right. You don't need to be right next to us, and you want your own thing. And then because I was in Ohio, I wasn't in Columbus, and like I didn't know anything about Columbus going there. Mm-hmm. But then I have to get closer to this. Then when I, when I went to like the gym, I was – powerlifting kind of mm-hmm. you know i was doing squats and bench and deadlift yep. but I, at that point my freshman year I hadn't been like i wasn't like into powerlifting i right. was into lifting much more heavy on the understanding nutrition side of things and okay. like how to get shredded kind of more bodybuilding still yep. yep but i still liked i understood that progress mattered and the movements that were easy to progress in you know squat bench deadlift right right so snatch clean and jerk yeah right yeah the snatch, <laughs> so i switched over to snatch and, clean and jerk. <laughs> they were so easy to progress <laughs> yeah and and so i was getting like asked asked questions by a lot of people and then eventually uh, a powerlifting club member came up to me i was like hey so we have this powerlifting club ohio state power ohio state powerlifting club i think it's what it's called and we're going to be at the arnold and like we need your help and they started asking me for all this help and i'm like Okay, you know, sure. Yeah. And I found out most about powerlifting through Johnny Candido. Heck yes. Wow. OG right there. The, the craziest thing, though, is like I was I was handling or I was spotting at, at a competition uh-huh. in Ohio, like wherever. I was driven there at like four in the morning and I'm like, what is this? Right. Oh, I hate this. Um, And then I was tagged in a post like a week later. Because I was in his thumbnail of one of his YouTube videos spotting him on the side. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Shit. I was Hell like, yeah. and I didn't know who Johnny was. And then it was like 50,000 views already at right. that point. I'm like, I better what? check this dude yeah, out. Yeah. 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 So at that time, you didn't know who he was. No. And then that's how you got exposed to him because you got tagged in yes. a picture. Wow. Dude, wow. And I'm, the thing that's crazy is I remember when he came out on the platform. He's yeah. One of, he's, you know, it's still a small, small competition. And he came out and I'm like, he's not natty. Dude, his legs. Look at his legs. Dude, the guy has to waddle because his <laughs> legs are so big. He's got to like swig about the around. <laughs> Dude, I was like, there's no way. I, and so, I mean, I was young and I thought everyone was on drugs that was bigger than me. You know? <laughs> I think we all did it. Yeah. yeah. That uh, guy's stronger honest, than me. He's on drugs. Let's be honest. We all still think so every now and then when we walk into competition. We're like, there's uh, no way. I hope, yeah. It's like, I hope that guy's getting drugs. <laughs> <Yes. right? laughs> he really should. Piss test for that one. <laughs> yeah. So I just. Found that there was a YouTube channel for powerlifting with, yeah. through through Johnny, and then I just I find that for a lot. You guys asked me about the tech stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I like about YouTube is that once I'm interested in something, I can just dig into it as far as the people, right? That you know, as, as many people that are on YouTube for that thing, I can watch all their you videos. Can watch it all, right. yeah. And there wasn't that many, right? There was not in powerlifting. No, I'm trying to think who was. Because that was before I was really into it, but I mean, Johnny was. How many years ago are we talking? For me, that was 2014. Yeah. Oh yeah. So five. How many years ago? I was watching Mark. There would have been like an Elliot Hulse. Elliot Hulse. Yeah. Strength camp camp was pretty popular back then. Johnny. I've watched a lot of Omar Isoff. Omar. Yep. Omar was Mm -hmm. one of those guys. 
Yeah. But th- th- that's the thing. A lot of like before powerlifting, that was a lot of my like YouTube interest. Uh-huh. I was already watching YouTube videos and right. lifting. Right. But it was like twin muscle workout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. TMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> yes. You know, I was Oh just, my gosh. And so I I lo- at first in college and I would just start saying their things. Yeah. And then I'd see if anyone would like take the T- Yeah, take pick it up. Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, watch that, bro. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Dude, that's <clears> so <throat> funny because when <clears throat> I was so I graduated high school in twenty fourteen oh. and I played college football and I had always been like because I was exposed to powerlifting when I was in middle school because my older brother was a big multiply guy. Um, so that's how I kind of got exposed to it. And I was always interested. I always loved lifting. Like when it came to football and training for sports, like lifting for me was the most fun part. And then like football was something that kind of came along with it. So Mm -hmm. when I played college ball, I was literally watching these guys all the time. And I was just like, gosh, I can't, (laughs) when can I just like, just lift? I just want to pick up a stone. Yeah. (laughs) Like my roommate would always be pissed off at me because we had had early morning workouts and I'd be up like a half hour before we have to leave. I'd like start to take my pre-work. I'm like so hyped to go lift. And he's like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. But yeah, so I could, that's funny because that's how there was no one around me that liked powerlifting or was into it. And that's how I found people who I could learn from yeah. and for I, me I it was California to. strength yeah. Cal strength yeah. Yep. yeah that's when they were pe- just getting into it yeah. I remember watching uh Glenn, Pl- Glenn yeah. uh Penley, Penley. Yeah. with uh his Penley row video oh and yeah yeah because yeah. everyone was talking about Penley rows I'm like what are these and right. then he he's got that video and right. it was Cal strength I didn't watch a lot of his stuff right. but it was like pretty professional yeah you know? for me it was the three positions of like the snatch and the clean and things like that because at the time the gym I was working for had a CrossFit program, and I'm like, fuck this CrossFit shit. I just want to <laughs> do the Olympic lifts. Yeah. And that's how I got into it, and then the Elliott Hulses. Because yeah. <laughs> yep. even even till this day, nobody that I work with weight lifts. Oh, right. really? Right. So you have to kind of find those other avenues that right. feeds that for right. you. Well, and exactly. it's funny how they they all like literally are like a little roadmap that led us all to powerlifting, because I started where I was a really big fan of Chris Gethin, who's mm. a bodybuilder, and I loved his oh, yeah. videos. I love the fact that, you know, like his product line didn't have a bunch of crap in it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I just really enjoyed his stuff. And then from there, um, I actually did the body space thing, the bodybuilding thing, because I wanted to have something. um, I needed to have something in front of my face that said, here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was where I, I started to get stuck because I was with a personal trainer that I didn't necessarily love being with. I didn't like the stuff I was doing, like I didn't feel like I was getting out of it what I wanted. And then I kept seeing this group of other power lifters that at the time I didn't know it was power lifting. I just saw them lifting some really heavy shit. And I was like, of all the things throughout my time, you know, I never fit in on the sports teams. I played a goalkeeper in soccer once and it was okay. Um, I was not great at it. Um, but I knew I liked to lift. And every time I would say it, people would look at me like, why? Yeah. You're right? a girl. So that's kind Why? of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's probably multiplied for you because you're also a woman. Right. Yeah. It was right. it was awful. And it was it was funny because um I would go in and I would do my accessory lifts by myself and the looks I would get from other people, uh, especially younger dudes, I was just like, You need to grow up a little bit. Like <laughs> I just don't care. Like yeah. I, Quit checking I, I'm out old enough ass. to be your mom and I could ground you, so just shut up. <laughs> but um but no, it, <laughs> it was something to be said about once you get that bug, um, I did the same thing. I flew to YouTube. The hard part for me, with it only being two years ago, is that it had already progressed so much, and right. there was such an onslaught. Like I started watching yeah. Calgary Barbell. Bryce, yeah. Bryce is great. Um, he was him. great so to good. watch because Gotta even though it was his, here. I know, right? <laughs> even though it was his journey, he was very good about still kind of teaching. Um, 
I'm trying to think. You had sent me some of their videos too, but I had watched him before. Um, Chad, Chad, yeah, Chad, Wesley, Wesley Smith. Smith. Yeah. Juggernaut training. But system. then all of a sudden, you start to hit this mode of what is the shit and what is not the shit. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that's when I realized I started hitting up his DMs, going, "Hey, uh, so am I doing this right? Hey, like, um, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that <laughs> at all. Honestly, I wish I could say it was because that'd be really funny. But mm, no, yeah. it was literally like, so can you look at my squat? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm doing this right. 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 <laughs> Well, and he's what, like, blah, 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 blah. That's, so. that's like the other transition period was like, once I learned, once I learned that I liked powerlifting and I learned that I wanted to learn as much as, as possible about powerlifting, once I felt like I had gotten through that first stage of that Dunning-Kruger effect thing, yep. you know, I, I'm all, I'm naturally someone that wants to help like other people learn what I've learned. And especially in Columbus, there's kind of like a dark side of that because I saw a lot of people who I thought were less capable doing things that I wanted to do for those people. Right. And they had the influence and I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Right. You and don't know. That's the life of a that's personal crazy, trainer. Right. And yeah. here's the thing is just because some of those people are stronger then they get all of this credit yep. when it's not very, it's not deserved a lot of the It was time. a genetic. Well, group. this goes back yeah. to what we've always said. Just because you're an amazing lifter doesn't make you a good, good coach. coach. Right. Yeah. You know? Not everybody can teach. Like, you might be amazing teach, at math, yeah. but I bet you can't teach a kid how to do it. Well, yeah. and we've, we, like we said, we've talked about this before, but like sometimes those genetic elite, it comes so easy to them that they're just like, well, I did this so easy. Why can't you just do right. it? And they're I not very good right. digging into the, the specifics of it and really breaking stuff down where someone who maybe isn't as genetically gifted, who has had to fight and claw for everything that they've gotten and had to explore all those different avenues mm-hmm. they'll probably be able to be a better coach and be able to explain things better because they've been through all of that right well that's that's kind of how i think one of the reasons why i feel like i thrive in in coaching is because i'm also really interested in in like understanding human relationships and like dynamics oh, like the psychology mm-hmm. behind yeah. it yeah of like just people meeting and right and like because yeah. that's another thing about growing up in edina with the hockey social like the social circles are dependent on your athletic ability and like your socioeconomic status to some degree or your parents. Absolutely. Yep. And so I was always kind of on my own and I always was looking at people and like observing them. And I never really felt like, man, I wish I was them. Maybe a little bit, but it was a lot like, I mean, I just don't think they see what I got. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. And so how do I, how That's do I, that's an awesome mindset to have because a lot of people can fall into that. Woe is me. Like why? Like wishing right. that they were there. But that the fact that you already were thinking that is, is pretty impressive. Now as a dude, I can imagine this maybe didn't happen as often with you as it did with me. Um, which I think it's kind of funny because we can't talk about Cole because Cole was popular, but were you super <laughs> popular in high school? His story sounds just like mine. Right? It which sounds like I I almost identical to mine. Communication studies. Oh, cool. Yeah. I wanted to learn, like, what is all this shit going on? Right? Because I was doing martial arts and didn't know anybody from a high school, really. I was the floater. Like, I never had a group. Yeah. And I always had that, like, desire to be... <laughs> I had the desire to be a part of something, mm-hmm. and I had the desire to feel worth, but I didn't have the desire to be the one who was now dating this guy who was used to dating this girl. Like, you used to be able to watch the way, like, on the outside looking in the way that like they would literally swap boyfriends and girlfriends like it was unbelievable and they all got mad about the same bullshit that made no sense (laughs) like in high school you mean right and then at the same time though they would come to someone like me 
and vent about it and ask, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was funny because I'm like, y'all are coming to me. I haven't dated anybody because I'm sitting <laughs> over here in the right. theater class, yeah. you know, and art and I'm doing all this other stuff. And I'm smoking weed in the um, yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, uh, I just thought it was really funny that somehow they, they would gravitate to us. Right. Even though if it was only once or twice, they would gravitate to us on the outside. And we usually were the only ones who had a clear sense to go. Well, the only reason you're pissed at Nancy is, well, one, she got named Nancy. And two, uh, you know, it's just, it's it's so abundantly clear. And I don't know, like, it's almost like it set us up for a sport like this because with right. powerlifting, what do we do? We stand back and we watch. Right. Yeah. You know, it's such an individual sport that has that circle. It's yeah. kind of great. I think it's evolved in an interesting way. And I don't necessarily want to go into that right now at this point in time but it, it the sport has obviously changed a lot especially in the states it seems like a lot of it's transitioning from like this is me and like it's all about just like that inevitable growth and obviously it's not been like that forever but i know when i started it wasn't so popular that people were in it for the clout yeah we we discussed we that discussed bit, that all so. the time if you're doing it for the gram you're doing it for the wrong reason well, mm-hmm. and it's not even like maybe maybe for the gram but more like I like anime. Do you like anime? If you like anime, Dude. Oh, 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 God, I went on a ten-minute rant about this in a podcast like three times Did ago. You? Yes, I've <laughs> never seen. The only time I've seen Cole that mad was when I played chewing sounds once. Okay. Oh my god, Dude, that, that but those but yes, sounds. It's like us. I want to be attached to this person right. because this person may elevate my status yeah. in a sport. Right. Like it's, it's well, and I don't know because I I want to make sure that I'm not I'm not like man and. When I started, it was like this for me. So why isn't it still like this? And that was how I was for a little, a little bit. But at the same time, like maybe there's, there's definitely, especially from a coaching standpoint and more from a business standpoint, there's something to that in terms of what's allowing people to, why are people growing or why are people, especially young, kids, why are they attracted to, to your brand? People. Exactly, yeah. because right. we're a brand. People forget that. <sighs> You're a I brand. I hate that word, though. I, I know, brand. but you have to remember that sometimes it's because it has it's, to deal with sales. Well, well it's like, I'm money. not a brand. I'm a person. Right. But you have to yeah. remember something. Hold on. I get it. But the problem is, is that it's kind of like if you were to call something red and you were to call something. Are you saying something about my hair? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, I'm making a really uh, decent point here. Hold on. This is rare. Um, <laughs> so, like, if you were to call it red and you were to call it, um, let's say, uh, maroon, they're almost the exact same shade. But you saying maroon and you saying red means something different to each of you. Sometimes you have to use a different, you have to open up a different viewpoint for people to understand what you're doing. Most people, when you say be yourself, they don't realize that yourself is your brand. And by saying brand, I think sometimes it sparks people's brains to go, maybe I need to be a little more careful about the way I'm allowing things. You know, there are certain things we would say in the confines of our own home, and there are certain things we should say on the internet. Um, And the other thing about that is that if you are not true to who you are as a person, it's going to show in your brand eventually, even if it's not in the beginning. Um, it's like the people who pay for their their likes on Instagram and things like that. It can look really huge, but I don't give two shits about your post if I go and look. And it's the same like spam, you know, spam bodies that are that are saying things or the same four people. If you're not engaging your people correctly, you're really not as well off as you think you are. You just look that way. And that's the part that most people don't take the time to pay attention to. They only pay attention to the number of likes or how many people can they sign up as a coach or as an athlete, how many people can they get to be like, yes, I love your lift. You look so great. Like I have seen so many very good, even elite lifters who have 
And this is from everywhere. Like, because I remember with Worlds, I was watching a lot of the the foreign lifters too. They'll put up these videos and people will just immediately be like, it's amazing, it's amazing. And I'm like, it's not amazing. Like, there's massive things wrong with that lift. But yet, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that adrenaline rush of the, we love you. And it's something we have to start Cole, teaching our athletes to look you. past. <laughs> we know that's not true. Well, yeah. I, I, I feel that for sure. Um, there's like, that's a whole, that's a definite, like, there's definitely that part of like yeah. social media, but that's not necessarily what, what I mean. I mean, I would take it in a different direction. Like, sure. If anime is something that is very common for powerlifters and people who like anime are like, Oh, what do other people that like anime like? They like also like powerlifting or wherever that right. that happens if it's the chicken or the egg. So um, you're saying like if I like powerlifting, I'm automatically going to pretend I like anime because everyone else likes anime? Definitely not. Um, not what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. that it's important to to find commonalities in from from powerlifting and something else. So what atta- what commonalities do your clients have with you that might give them? some more of a connection to you than just this is my powerlifting right. coach. Like for you and me, we both like powerlifting and we both like techie things. Yes, exactly. Oh, there you right. go. So you're saying as a coach, we need to do a better job of connecting with our um with our athletes on more than just a powerlifting level. Yeah, we want them to feel like I mean not even like make them feel, but hopefully we can do something genuine. Right. Like I genuinely care about video editing and making right. things look sexy on camera. Yeah. I don't know how many other athletes care about that, but I'm I talk about it a decent amount. So whether they care about it or not, they know something else about me. Right. That potentially makes them feel more connected or hopefully that that, that they know <clears throat> you. And right. and hopefully that encourages them to talk about something with me that they might not otherwise talk about, you know. Absolutely. And I think f- like for me like it has been this, like the podcast, because I encourage a lot of my athletes to listen to the podcast because then they can hear me in a different avenue than just giving them cues and whatnot over Facebook Messenger. And you then know they what I mean? see you as a person. Too. Right. And then there's been multiple right. times where I've had athletes say like, hey, and it's been a lot of like more mental health type stuff. We're like, hey, I heard you guys talking about this on the podcast. I just want to let you know that I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of mm-hmm. go through a lot of the same things. Um, so, yeah, I think that's very important where – um, just just to better the the coach athlete relationship and make it more of a more of a connection than just you know give and receive money for programming and whatever. Then it there's more of a connection. There's more of it's a deeper relationship than just the surface level. Well, well and this is a highly emotional sport. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, you are at at any given point when you are at that barbell, you are testing a part of you that you weren't expecting to test that day. Yeah, there's a level It doesn't of matter what your RPE is for the day. Right. There's going to be a part of you, depending on how your day went, what's going on in the gym around you, how have you been feeling lately? I mean, there's always something that you're testing, and we tap into those emotional things, and everybody responds to it differently. You know, Cole knows if I start crying that um, he's like, okay, she totally broke through a wall. That's the first thing that I do. You know, other people need their quiet time in the corner. Like, we start to, when we pay close attention, we start to see just how human we all are. And I just really love that about, like, for example, I, I use Cole as an example because yeah, he's, he's my coach does and he's good, sitting right here. Does a good job. <laughs> yeah, he does, you know. And But then at the same time, because he, I have the luxury of having team lifts, I get to also see how my teammates react too. And over that time, we've developed such a great camaraderie among all of us. And I think that makes a big difference too. It's not just, hey, how do I as a coach help my athlete be more comfortable with me, but how do I develop this kind of like this is our house. Yeah. This, this is our team 
And I mean, I have multiple um, athletes on our team that will reach out to me even and be like, hey, I'm having a tough day today. Right. Or, hey, I just want to share this victory with you. And that's so important. Yeah, I, I think that we were talking about like, uh, I'm really interested in that. What about that is important to every individual? And that's, if we dig into like some of the philosophies at RTS that that are very kind of similar in that way, like individualization isn't about uh, just being different. It's like, I know that this specific exercise is some has some form of an emotional attachment you're, you're some yes. somewhat emotionally attached to this yes. exercise and this rep range and right. and because of that you're going to respond better to this rep range and exercise than the hypothetical like yes. uh, well you do singles are what you do at this right. point right. in time well there's some people such... that just love to pump their guns or whatever or if you can give them that exercise and it helps right them. and yeah. then on the right. flip side of the coin i have athletes who just despise certain movements and it's right. like well theoretically this is going to be best for your weak point in this area mm -hmm. but you're going to despise it so much you're not right. going to get anything out of it so we got to find something to right. to to yeah, it's in there that squats gonna... maybe it's safety bar squats or whatever you got to do to make Yeah, but that. it's like having the ability to read that right make adjustments and like you said just like individualized programming mm -hmm. is well I think to be a coach that isn't one track minded too where you're like no it has to be yeah. this squat because uh, and I've run across those coaches where right. they're like this is what the literature this says. Is all this I know. is exactly yeah. what we need to do. And there's like, well, there's a human, there's a human like effect in there mm -hmm. where it's like that's you got to be able to mold it around the person. Which I know I have a couple friends who who are coached through RTS, and that's what I've found is like we're we're kind of gonna mold our stuff around you where you're at, right? Which I like I've. So my boy, my buddy Kip, he just started Kip with hands. Mike. Yep, yeah. he just started with Mike recently, <clears throat> and he was like. You know what's really cool, Cole, is like, I know my squat technique isn't really the best, but Mike realizes that too, but he also realizes that I've been squatting this way for 12 years, and tearing everything down and starting from scratch is going to take much longer than right. just working where I'm at right now and getting, and getting better where I'm at. So, and that was just like, like, when he said it to me, like, I feel like I had known that, but also just hearing it was like, well, duh, mm -hmm. you know, like, we want to be as productive as we can because for one kip's 30 mm -hmm. i mean he's not an 18 year old who yeah. has a low base of training already who we can afford to spend time like like that with and change it like that right yeah, right because right. so, if you try to change his technique drastically well, and he's been he's lifting, always going to resort back to exactly yeah, and he's been doing it for so long you know it's his his motor patterns are pretty driven mm -hmm. into where they're at so just like seeing that was like of course that makes so much sense <laughs> right. you know yeah. and i mean you can take that back to when we were talking about genetic freaks versus people who have to chip it away if you didn't have to chip it away to figure it all out you couldn't do that for your athlete right yeah. so that says a lot what did you kick uh how <laughs> dare you? He's trying to kill Oh, us. the panels will pop out so you can get to the underneath because there's a whole bunch of wiring. Oh, so did it pop on you? Uh, I don't think it popped. I think it, it just it, did it. This techie, he just wants to see the wire. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is really cool down there. You it, could actually hide. Like if, if you know, the Nazis were coming, we could hide down there and survive. Oh, oh yeah. It should be, they'd never know we were down there. It should be good. I, I can move it and it comes back to me. Sorry, I was watching a lot of History Channel because Chuck and I have a really exciting Saturday night usually. Mm. So we were, <laughs> we were Nazis watching. Wine and yeah, we were actually, it wasn't even that. It was, um, we were watching about like, right before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I looked over at him and I said, babe, this is what almost 40s like. <laughs> oh, we got to get out more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it says it says a lot about just your 
your training modality or your coaching modality where it's like, yeah, we can take this different route and, you know, maybe it won't get us there in a day, six weeks. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe we have to take a couple extra weeks or a couple extra stabs at this, but we'll get there eventually. And that's kind of how the emerging strategies framework is, is not just programming. And like mm -hmm. people always say coaching isn't just programming, but then if you, if you were to like hire them, that's actually like the majority of what they do. They just give you a cookie cutter plan. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe not, but still it's like this, it's, it's, it's really difficult to trust that the method that you're doing that's way different than every other coach that you know right. is going to be something that they can buy into and mm -hmm. they want to buy into and they'll stick with you. Because when someone works with me or with anyone else on the team, it's it's a very like integrate, uh, it's a long-term developmental process of, of understanding as much as possible about this lifter from the developmental block to the, the you know, how long do your washouts need to be, you know, your right. deloads as a lot of people will call them, but we, call, washout. Them, I like we call them washouts or we call them pivot weeks. More of like a fatigue, yeah, lowering. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Oh my God, Cole, did you not get that reference? Yeah, pivot, pivot? from friends. Oh, it's friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. Hear Cole what you looked said. at me like, what the what hell said. is wrong? I, he, I couldn't this hear is, you. This yeah. is what okay. he did. This is what he said to me. I like the word pivot though. <laughs> yeah. Because it, you're it's, obviously going to be changing gears from maybe hypertrophy to more strength or strength to a peak. Or, I was that's a good word. And I was just talking about like why. So we have washouts and pivot weeks, right? But they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I just recently realized the that language. The yes. language that you use yeah. is huge. Use, hey, we're going to do a pivot week. Okay. Sweet. Right. We're doing a washout. Oh, oh damn. We're going to, my strength's going to go away. I'm right. like, washout. Like, right. it makes well, that's you like deload like, makes you feel that way too. Like, right. great. Now I don't get to do anything for a week. Yeah. This sucks. And that's yeah. the thing. A what it really is, is it's a, it's a week of, of, you know, we're getting away from what we're used to doing. We're, tr we're shifting gears. Yeah. Like, we're pivoting. Literally, that's what we're doing. And we're also reducing fatigue and right. getting, you know, stress a bit more manageable. But it's not, the intention isn't to make you weaker. That's just a side effect. Right. When you say deload, it's like you can't be strong this week. Right. Like, yeah. It's giving your body a week of, hey, we're going from eights to sixes eventually, but this week it's a little lighter six, and here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just that's, to kind of change your mindset. I like yeah, that. Me too. You know, I've come across that, so I also not only personal train, but I'll do group classes as well. Uh -huh. A lot of the athletes that will take my classes, they've told me that just the way I frame their minds right before a workout, like even though it's you know this type of a circuit or whatever – when I say, you know, this is the exercise we want to get the most out of today. These are kind of your resting exercises. Um, other coaches won't do that. Right. And it's the same program. You look at the board, it still says the exact same thing. But where the co – oh, what's he doing? He's trying to show me something. No, that's our Chipotle We're, order. Yeah. Oh, shit. You're the only one who gets anything. derailed anytime something yeah, shiny happens. I don't need anything. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I ate. Coach's Collaboration Podcast brought, brought to you by, by Chipotle. Chipotle <laughs> orders. Thanks to he our He handed sponsors. me a pink phone and I'm like, what is it? Okay. That you're trying to sell me something because I saw $7. I'm like, oh. Shit. Yeah, hey, bye. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, I'm thanks for inviting me on this right. podcast. Can you buy one of our shirts? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Right. But again, so even though programming is the exact same, just the way the coach frames the mindset exactly, of the athlete. And the words that they use. Because again, like you said, washout is very different than pivot. Yeah. 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 Pivot means like we're going somewhere. Yeah. Washout yeah. is like we're going back. Yes. Yeah. That's it, really interesting. And and that's it's it's really cool to be a part of a company that is from my perspective cutting really, edge on that. Cutting edge in, in that specific way of we don't have all the answers to right. everybody, but 
our processes are designed to try to find as many answers as possible about you. Yes. Right. And that's one thing is the longer that I've been doing this, um, the more evident that it is that just mindset, mentality, and attitude play so much of a role in training. Like there's so many different ways to get strong, right? But it's how you dictate the, those other variables that really make the difference. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about what you guys are doing because it's, it's, there's a, a lot of that and you guys realize that. So like those small variables, for example, I mean, I, the difficulty in like an evidence-based coaching world is that it's a lot of the time it's anecdotal because yes, right? why is it anecdotal? It's because that's, we don't have time. I don't have time to wait for a study to come out to tell me that an athlete's experience is true. Right. Right. No, <laughs> absolutely. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It takes a long time to talk to that muscle. Like, hey, yeah, look, you know. I know this is what you're feeling, but uh, here, here's a study that tells me that you, what you're feeling isn't accurate. It's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't even care if it's right at that point. No, because yeah, it what doesn't that, matter. It doesn't matter. I want them to feel like their feelings are right. real and, yeah. and understood. And maybe the answer is to pivot into something right. that has been you know, shown in, in a research review or whatever that might be effective. But I don't want it to feel like I've... I want them to be more a part of that. Right. right. You know? Absolutely. Well, well, the study also wasn't, this study was done specifically for Cole Warren. Yes. Under yeah. these circumstances no. right. with this much life stress and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. A lot of the studies are just so surface sometimes too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, caffeine might help you jump higher, but okay. And, and, and Mike, I kind of have to credit Mike to a lot of these ideas because he does a great job of communicating that type of thing to mm -hmm. our team. And so we're all... He doesn't like force any philosophy, but the way he talks about it, it's just so intuitive. Right. Mm. And and the fact that he's coached so many people, I think that when I first started working with them, like it was so incredible how understanding he was of every coach's experiences mm. with their own mm. athletes. It, it's different because a lot of like the gurus that you, I looked up to are very whether they're dogmatic or not, they do come off like they have the answer to everything. Yes. Yes. And like Mike, right. Mike doesn't, Mike did to me, I, I thought that that's how he was. Right. Because that's how everyone else was. Right. Right. But actually, if you really look at his, his uh, videos and stuff, it's not dogmatic. Right. It's like, this is my experience. This is what I think based on the things that we've done with our lifters. And this is why we do these things, right. but yeah. it's not, this is the way to do right. this. This thing. is what works. This is what we do. This yeah. is why we do it. Yeah. He has well, the tools this, to find the answer. Yes. Or and if not, he has a way of thinking about to find Right. The tools. And then just be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, we've seen the best results doing it like this. So right. that's why we do it. But that's not to say that something else isn't bad mm -hmm. either. Right. Exactly. Or that even though these results were great for these other ten people, it might not work for you. So we might have to change it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's not afraid to say that too. Well, that's and cool. I yeah. think that's, that's really cool. That's yeah. that's just a sign of like knowing like they yeah. they say the more you learn the more you realize that you're ignorant you know what i mean so i think that's kind of it's like there's there's no set in stone ways and when people say that they're they're when people talk in absolutes that's the biggest red flag because it's like you know you have to do it this way it's like well, well what about this what if what if what's if they're in their, this situation what if right. they're in, the funny thing the funniest thing to me i mean I, I it's easy for me to make fun of the the mindset because i have great mentors and great people around me. So I'm, I'm always empathetic to the reasoning that people are like, this is how you do it, you know? And then mm -hmm. they, they just get so attached to it and that's fine. Uh, but the funny thing is it's powerlifting. We don't even have close to the amount of data to even come. Like 
what what data? Yeah. We have like ten studies on like powerlifting, right? Specific right. training methodologies, right. exactly. Like muscle biopsies are in its infancy, and people are just finally understanding fiber types officially. Yeah. And, I mean, it's so well, and little. that just goes back to what you said before. We're like, yeah, the it's anecdotal, but right. it's anecdotal. That's all we have to go off of. Yeah. And I'm and you're not going to negate this person's experience because it's just what they say happened. It's like, right. well, no, that's what happened for yeah. them. And if I can apply that in other ways to other people and they have the same experience, then that's good enough data for me. Yeah, like specifically, I have a really good example. One of my lifters, we're peaking him for Euros right now. And uh, when we first started working together, I was very much like, you know, there's something more going on to this guy because he's very like, he's very, he wants me to take control. But at the same time, he's very, he, he seems like his experiences are are something he's thought out about a lot like he tells me this is what has happened in the past and i don't know what the reason is that this happens to me for example every time he does high intensity he seems to fizzle out okay but he didn't want to admit that to himself yet and he wanted me to try to find a different way to implement Mm. high intensities with him to see if that like the way that i implemented them with him would would be different than what he did in the past yes and then he'd respond or something so we did it for well we did that um, where I'm like, okay, so you do like higher rep ranges, so we'll spend most of your training in high rep ranges, and then a short amount of time in just doing we'll singles. We'll do a more aggressive right. peak and yeah, like yeah. just Four like we'll do that. Out. Yeah, 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 quick. So I'm like, cool, okay, let's do that. And the thing is, we didn't have much time to really know if that was going to work or not. And then yes. it immediately had a high level competition, and it wasn't working. Like yeah. no, it was going down, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know. Right, and then as a coach, you're like. And then especially because you're like, well, you said this didn't work before, but we're going to try it again. So in your mind, you're like, God, it's happening again. Yes. And I knew this was going to happen. Yes. And, and, like, and he is worried it's going to happen, too. It's not like he doesn't know that that's right. a possibility. Which isn't helping the situation at no. all. No. Right. So I just got – and I can't really pivot at that point because we're – like, for example, we were two weeks out. And I'm like, I don't – I still not bought that this is this a bad is, idea because right. I don't know. I mean, maybe you – Maybe there's a situation where you come to the competition and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. you got that uh, the peaking right. thing that meet fati- that yeah competition. Well, day. that game, yeah, overcompensation that you have, yeah. Yeah. super compensation. Right. Long story short, it didn't happen. Uh, it wasn't a good day, and I'm like, well, I can't really go about this. This I can't do this again. Right. With him, I need right. to trust as much as possible. His experiences are his experiences. So we transitioned from doing kind of a more typical high high volume transition into high intensity. Mm-hmm. And and now we're just doing all of his developmental blocks are like competition lifts. He's doing sets of five, six, five and six, like an RP eight, nine, maybe some down sets. And then I wasn't sure how to peak him though, because right. he still needed to right. do the singles. And right. I'm like, well, what? Do, how do we do it? And so I tried one one time where the we just had one week of singles didn't work it it worked but it was like so fatiguing that first day he did singles that by mm. the time he had to do the mock meet so we did like mock meets to yep. test it yep. by the time he did the mock meet it was like he was fried he didn't have any of that drive right, right. interesting so i'm like okay we got yeah. we have another developmental block and we're going to do another mock meet because yep. i need to get him ready because right. he's got british he's got the euros he's going to have worlds. you got to know what's going to work so that when right. the big meet comes up you know that what you're going to give him is going to yeah. yield the results that you want and i had to be very aware of this because i it could no longer be like yeah you know you're just whatever you're saying like whatever that's right. not 
true. You'll be fine. Right. It was painfully clear that it yes. was true. Yeah. Painfully clear. Like, because it was hurting me. Right. Yeah. I saw him, you know, he was emotional about it. And it's and like. he probably sensed it from you, too, that you were like, fuck, what are we doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Like, I need to get. I throwing need to get shit at him. Like, let's <laughs> yeah, try this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, that, yeah, and that's stressful as a coach, too, right. because you're like. But he does really my, well with. They're paying volume. for my yeah. services. Right. And then they're not getting out of it what I feel, feel right. like they should. Are they feeling that way, too? Like, And that's like the whole, you know, whole other dynamic. But yeah, so sure. it's like I'll, I don't have time for this. Yeah, this is what we're doing. We're doing the thing. The thing that we're gonna do. What we're gonna do is the thing that you think is gonna work because you've done it before. And then I'm gonna tailor as as fine tunely in terms of like understanding because there are some principles to follow. Right. I'm just gonna follow the ones that seem to be applying the most to this guy, and then throw everything out the window. Yeah. So so far, what we've been doing is. Instead of that meet week doing like singles, like mm-hmm. doing openers, and then you do your warm ups and then a, the the meet. Right. We're just doing we're flipping his workout around his his week around. So okay. so if he's doing squat bench on on Monday and then deadlift on Tuesday for fives and sixes, and then like pause deadlifts, pause squats, pause bench, something you know his assistance exercises later in the week. Mm-hmm. We're flipping that. So we're putting the assistance movements and the supplemental movements on Monday and Tuesday. So he. From one of the mock meets where he had like the craziest results, uh, I'll get into it. But his this is in September. We had a mock meet like end of September. We did deficit deadlifts for sevens at a nine, two sets. Uh, so we did work up to uh, a seven at a nine on deficit deadlifts, mm-hmm. and then two down sets. And then he had half board press. Okay. For his bench for like eights or something, and then split squats, and then the the next day was a Wednesday. Wednesday he had um, high bar squats, and pin press, and rows. I think. Okay. So a ton of volume. Yeah. Early in the week. Yeah, like yeah. normal volume. Right. right it was right. just like this is the same thing you would do at the end. We're gonna put it at the beginning. Right. And then we're gonna rest. Very after. non-specific stuff too. Yes, yeah. very. Yeah. Deficits yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like everything that you're supposed to not do because you know it'll throw off the you know they'll forget how to specificity. Yeah, they'll yeah, forget right. how to do the squat. It's right. like I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> Deficits help. Yeah. Let's be honest. So anyway, we did that and we took three days off or three days of rest. He he did a mock meet on that Saturday, and he had. He added thirty kilos to his total, his Jeez. meat, his, his meat wow. total in four weeks. Wow! So I'm like, there it is. There it is. This is how we this is how we taper you. Yeah, almost like he needs a moderate introduction into that intensity. Yeah, and it, dude, yeah. there's no, there's not even any intro. It's right. like there it is. It's just right. We're keeping the volume, and then when we have to do singles, wow. we're doing it once. Is, is that anything? You, do you think his fitness just drops off that fast? Or I think. Like, I th- I think potentially, I think he he definitely needs to maintain the volume. Yeah, that's yeah. huge for him. He l- works well under fatigue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very like, dude. He has his. He's a weightlifter at heart. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he goes right. into his sessions and he's like, man, he's like, Jim, I I feel so bad. And then he's like, but I had the best session I've ever had. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't I don't do. He that. loves no the pain he, either. He very much loves the pain. Right. So I think there's that where he needs to maintain the volume. And he needs to p- maintain that that fatigue. Um, and then the other thing is that the attachment to the singles and what they mean to him as a powerlifter. Right. That's I think, detrimental yeah, just because right. he has that negative attachment with them. Yes. Is there yeah. an aesthetic aspect, though? Is there, like, a, a certain look he wants no. to maintain? Okay, because sometimes athletes that have a certain, like, I need to look this way, they right. need that volume yes. because and otherwise have, they don't feel like they're working out enough. Yeah. Because yeah. they want to work out when they come yeah. to the gym, not and, just singles. And yeah. I have guys that are like, I mean, 
they're also bodybuilders, right? You know, right, like right. Bodybuilders, I want to be a powerlifter, mm. but I don't want to lose my muscle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, it's like I feel they always say I feel like I'm losing muscle, and like my first thought is like, no, I you're not. I have an athlete like that right now too. He's like, my my ar- arms are smaller this week, and I'm like, probably, no, they're, probably week, not. They're not at <laughs> all. He's not. like, so can I get a, do like another workout of curls? And I'm like. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but like yeah. I'm telling you, but after you do all this reason, other shit, first. I don't agree with. Right. <laughs> yes, you can do it, but after all this other shit, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's what I do. It's like, right. look, I don't really care if I'm right at this because you, right. I want you to trust me, yes. and I want to put together a plan that makes you feel good, even if I don't know if it's accurate. The reason, right. exactly, you know, exactly. Just yeah. because it, in quotes, shouldn't work, right. doesn't mean that it won't. Yes. Right. And, and also, what's the actual cost of right. just letting them do the thing that they think they need Placebos to do? Placebos exactly. can be the best thing ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, I mean, I have athletes that I have to train my abs every single day. In my mind, I'm like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Fine. We can do something. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then it just makes them feel like they were also a part of the program. Yeah. yeah. It's which, a collaboration. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. They get to kind of take over and, and they like that autonomy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where like the athlete psychology and sports psychology isn't something that should just be... Not that you guys do or anything, but I think it's when when we got into when I got into powerlifting, it was so much all the all the excitement that I had was about the programming. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much more like sauciness to and that. And that's that's what's funny because I'm going through that big time right now too. Is like I was so programming heavy, and then now as I've coached more and more people, it's like okay, well, yeah, that's a big aspect, but there's so much more to this. Right, and. There's a whole relationship to it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's just so much deeper than just giving someone freaking sets and reps to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's just the surface. You yeah. can Google that. Absolutely, right. you don't Absolutely. have to pay somebody money for that. I, I bet you guys feel this, but as like an athlete, I feel I'm I'm like the worst, not the worst client, but I I realized because I just started working with a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Garifano is one of the RTS coaches. Mm. Um, I I've worked with Mike before, but he he's he intimidates me to some degree as an athlete because like I care and he cares about my progress, but he also has, has a different way of, of programming that's different than how I would program. Mm -hmm. Like his, his biases are different than my biases. Right. And as an athlete, that makes me really uncomfortable. Right. You know, because this is how I do things. Right. And I, I can accept his way, but if he's wrong, I don't I'm want to say like right. told you so kind of yes. in my mind, but yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, right. Coaching you just keep saying, this is how I do it for myself. Motherfucker. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it's like, I just don't want like I, I'm, the relationships between coaches and, and business right. people. It's like, I don't want to put myself in a position where I feel like this decision wasn't in your best, interest. in my best interest. Yeah. yeah. Like it was like somehow he screwed you with yeah, that decision. But, but yeah. like not, mm-hmm. Not like you screwed me, but right. like I allowed this to happen because I should have just done my own thing anyway, and not right. not because I'm going through that right now personally because I I did my I've done my own programming basically basically like my whole lifting career, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but recent like there's for me it's it's been tough because like a lot of times my programming takes a backseat to all my athletes, so then I tend to slack on my stuff. So and I would like to just get a sheet and that way I don't overthink the yeah. stuff because I I'm very neurotic with myself especially like well and when I write it it's like well if I did this instead of that would I get you know what I mean so I'm always kind of and changing then, stuff like while you're in the gym do you feel like you're stick do you stick with it while you're in the gym no, no. Okay. it's tough for me it's you tough make changes me. on the it, fly it helps because before for the longest I wouldn't even really write stuff down 
because it was just like when I was like get done with my programming for my athletes, I'm like, F it. Like I know yeah. I know generally what I want to <laughs> yeah. do. So but what I did this last time is I I wrote down a whole block and that I'm doing that block and it's helped because I'm more removed from it now. So then it's like, well, I did it all at once and now I'm just doing it. So mm-hmm. it's helped. But that's I've had coaches kind of approach me and be like, Hey, you know, if you'd like to, interested in some coaching, I've, I've been like looking at you. I've, I liked, I would like to help you. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but like I'm using myself as kind of, I'm experimenting on myself. And then it like trickled down to my athlete. Like I'm trying stuff that I wouldn't necessarily try on an athlete on myself. Yep. Right. So I would lose that. And, and then also just, yeah, I so don't know. I want to expand on that a little bit because I, literally the same thing yeah you know um but john uh he's really awesome i mean we, we just hired him uh like a year ago so he's okay. been working for us for about a year but at nationals i was able to talk with him about all those things that you just brought up and because of that i just told him like we wrote the block together okay and he would have an idea and i'm like no and this i, I not no but like i'm really uncomfortable with that because of this and he right. said he would be okay so what about this? I'm like, yes. You know, so it'd be very much like a yes, a no. Collaborative. Yeah. Like yeah. What it, dude, working together. I mean, yeah. But like as a coach and someone that th- really cares, I don't think, I don't think less of him because he was, was saying yes to the things that I wanted to do and no right. to the things I didn't like. Yeah. Okay. You still wrote it. Like still. Right. right. It's like the, kind of the best of both worlds, yes, right? Like, because you're getting coached. Someone's, there's definitely a benefit to having someone tell you what to do and you just go do it. Yes. Right. Having a, a third, someone else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of writing it yeah. myself, someone just, t- okay, then I'm just, you know how much less I was coached for like a couple months. I didn't skip accessories once when I yes. was coached. Yes. But when I'm coaching myself, I skip accessories all <laughs> like the time. Whatever, man. Yes, exactly. Who needs to do these rows? Right, right. right. No, but, so it's, it, there's something to be said about, and I think what you did was kind of the best of both yeah. worlds because you were able to have an input yourself. Right. You a got heavy to agree input. upon yeah. something. And yeah. then he's also the subjective factor right. who's just telling you what to do. Yeah, and yeah. I think that the key for this situation is that, and this is what I found at least so far, is that he already has the biases that I have. Mm-hmm. So when he does throw out ideas to me, I don't feel like I have to then mold that further and shift it back right. to it's like, yeah, that's cause that's what I would, that would be my alternative solution already. Right. right. And so, and, you know, and they don't even need your biases, but they definitely need to understand what yours are right. and what your fears are and what your like, what, what excites you. It gives yeah. you an opportunity to opportunity to talk about it. I mean, that's what this podcast is with Cole and I is he'll, we'll talk about an accessory lift or whatever, or conventional versus sumo and it's more of a, it's like a certain, just a like round a table. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, just totally objective. Either either tell me I'm right or tell me I'm wrong for whatever reasons. And then that way, just having another, right. and literally just saying it out loud helps. Yeah, right. Because then you can think about it in a different, a different facet. Whereas like, if you just read or like you just implement it for some certain reason, you never really think about it more than that. Right. We were just talking about it, saying mm-hmm. it out loud makes you kind of look at it from a different angle. Yeah. And you're like, maybe you know what? Maybe that isn't the best. Or maybe, you know, maybe or it cements where you're where your position. Or having is. somebody that won't judge you because you brought up like, well what about this? Yeah. And, and yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Where you can have a an actual conversation debate. An argument. About it. Yeah, yeah. An actual argument, not a heated one where you can just talk about it yeah and that's kind of what you got with john that's awesome yeah yeah, that's what everybody should have yeah that and that's the thing about 
coaching, like I, I was saying, there's like a dark side in terms of like when I started coaching. The dark side is I saw people, and I still see people, uh, just not understanding how important that it is to respect the athlete that you're working with. Right. They know uh, their body think, more than you do, and I think it's huge too, especially as as coaches become more infamous and like in a good way. They're like more higher up in the community, whatever. It's scary because it's like, well, they're like, well, I obviously know what I'm doing. Look what I've produced. Right. So then you're going to, I'm going to tell you what to do regardless. Yes. And then this might be a brand new lifter. So they're like, well, they know nothing. I know more than them. So yeah, it doesn't I'm make just, any You exactly. got to keep the white belt sense. mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. If, has any of this get edited? Uh, it can be. Okay. I'm just curious because I'm going to talk about Mark Ribbiteau. Okay. I oh, watched, please. I watched a video of his because I was, I was showing one of my friends. Was it on the overhead press? No, it was oh on RPE. God. Okay, never mind. Ooh. It's on RPE because I was like, I just want to show my friend, like, he talks about RPE and just, you know, thinks it's the dumbest thing ever for everybody. And and I thought that was all the video is about. It's mm-hmm. 17 minutes long. Uh, if you search RPE, Mark Rupert, you can find it. It's not just that. It's it's a video about how he doesn't think RPE is, is good for anybody. The anecdote that he uses is, have you ever gone to the gym hungover and then hit the weights that you needed to hit even though you felt bad? And then everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, see? Why would you even think about how you feel? And it's like, bro. Oh, my that's, God. That, that's yeah. so reductionist, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and the thing is, that that's not even the end. That That's like the smallest bit of the absurdity of that video. Because then then someone's like, well, what about athletes like you know that are advanced? Because his thing is only advanced athletes. This is actually a quote. The only people who can effectively utilize RPE are advanced athletes. But even advanced athletes aren't advanced athletes. And I'm like, and then the, the whole seminar is like, yeah, yeah, oh, you're right. They're so dumb. All the athletes, they suck. And right. it, they don't know what they're really feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, Without and, their coaches, they're nothing. Yeah. And then one of the other guys on it is like, yeah, sometimes I have my athletes send me videos and I ask them what their RPE is. And then they tell me and I tell them how wrong they are. And then they're like, oh yeah. And like that, again. That was only a four, bitch. Go <laughs> yeah, back to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, what right. kind of relationship you are underst- you trying to do? Now, we right. talked about this percentage-based programs in some sports. Like weightlifting can be very important. But then there still needs to be an RPE factor where mm-hmm. it's like plus or minus a few pounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, it's 10 just a sliding scale. Right. It's, it has. However to. you utilize mm-hmm. it, it's it is what it is. But right. Yeah. Just the fact that you negate whatever the athlete right. is saying, and it's just like, nope, that doesn't matter. I'm right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who yeah. are you? Yeah. Right. Who are you? And like, right. what is the what's the purpose here? Right. Do you right. Do you want to build a cult following right. because you are, Mark? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and the worst part is that when you have an, a, a, a person who's who's communicating their views to you in a way where if you question them, then, then you're an idiot oh, or you're yes. inferior, yes. then there's no growth and development of no, the No, because if he's not willing to defend himself yeah. to just a genuine question right. about yeah. his thoughts or how he feels about something, right. that's a fucking red flag yeah. right have there. You, have you yeah. read his starting strength book? Uh, I haven't actually okay. read all of it. I I remember I bought it, and okay. then I'm like, I looked at the images of of the squat bench and deadlift, and I'm like, pretty sure that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need to know. And then the scapula is right over the center of the foot right. because right. honestly, the thing about that is crazy. Is that like, it makes what if it your torso se- is shorter? It makes it seem like if your scapula is ever over your midfoot, then you just like collapse. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like true. I move around. I mean, sure, it does probably maintain that line, but right. like, 
Right. I don't, it's just so... It's not like if it's not, you're wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, he actually, in some of his arguments in the squat, especially because he talks about the low bar squat and mm-hmm. how it's how the high bar squat's so inferior and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. It's and inferior. A, it's an exercise. Inferior. Right. right. Even well, that is ridiculous. Well, he does. He he even says, you know, if you're a weightlifter, the high bar squat is inferior. You should be doing the low bar as squat a weightlifter. as a weight as a weightlifter. And he's like, because you're utilizing more muscle and things like that. But he never brings into account the upright torso of like a clean or something like that. Anyway, um, he's just so absolute so definitive he's like nope if your wrists bend at all when you're doing your squat and if your thumbs on the other side of the bar you're fucked yeah and here's the you thing to too false like, grip yeah. perfect wrist what sucks yeah. about that is like as a very new lifter yeah that is very appealing because he's yeah. telling me exactly what to do yeah. there's yeah. no nuance yeah. just tell me what to do and yeah. i'll do it yeah, yeah. But like it's so sketchy it's, yeah. it's but it's has the potential to screw them up because sure. they're like, well, everything but that is wrong then. Right. And that's yeah. that's what's interesting about working with RTS is that we have, a, obviously, our message is, I mean, I'm actually curious, like, before I say anything, what do you guys feel like the message is at RTS? Because I know how I feel like it is, but. So you know. these two are very, they're not, I'm more of the powerlifting guy, uh-huh. so I've been exposed to it for, for much longer. And I think. It's it's for me RTS has been because there's all of this like powerlifting culture like there's these certain coaches that have all this Instagram clout and what's what's appealing to me about RTS is that it's it's kind of separate from that I feel like and it's very professional and very uh, I don't know I'm in I'm literally taking the emergency strat emerging strategies oh, cool. class right now um, so and it's kind of given me another aspect of like how I feel but it's. I don't know. It's just like more structure. Like there's, there's explanations for things. There's, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know exactly how to explain Mm -hmm. it, but it's different and, and more professional and more respectable, I would say than, than some of the, So I really only have a first impression of it. Um, because I, I mean, I honestly briefly looked it up when, when Cole told me you were going to be on, I was like, I need to know a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. Um, what it seems like to me is, we might have the answer, but we might not. But this is a good starting point. Yeah. Like that is because, again, all the articles that they talk about, there isn't a whole lot of absolute to it. And to me, it just says we're at least willing to work with you. Yeah. You know, and actually, we're going to have a conversation about this. Like, and that's, I, say I, I really like the that. biggest the biggest insight that I had was after talking to Kip. And I was just okay. like, damn, like he. For me, Mike T is like one of the most, like he's the godfather of RPE. Like he's yeah. this very prominent um, person as far as like programming and, and that side of stuff for, for powerlifting. And then to see that he was just like, you know what? We're going to work with you where you're at. This is, you know what I mean? Just seeing that aspect of it was like, fuck, okay. Yeah. And that, that's right. just like he's willing to take not – necessarily the the book picture perfect way of doing things he wants to do what is going to work best for that individual yeah and it sounds like you know they have an idea of what perfect is and where you are and rather than just assuming we can just get you there now it's well let's get one step closer yeah okay now let's play in that realm for a while let's get one step closer yet and if maybe we'll get there but you know what we'll just keep trying to get closer yeah it's cool that i mean obviously that's kind of what i was going to say anyway but it's just cool that that's resonating because it's it's hard to have that angle for new lifters. Yeah. Oh, like, right. Like I went to nationals and 
I mean, it was probably the first nationals where the majority of the lifters that I saw, I don't know if they didn't know us of, of RTS, but yeah. I was pretty Dude. certain that like they probably yeah. didn't, you know? Seriously. Yes. Like, I, I can, I would say probably not. Yeah. A lot not. of the new lifters probably have no idea. Yeah. Because everything nowadays is whoever has the most Right. followers likes on instagram yeah. that's who is prominent nowadays yeah. and like and we can't necessarily we're, we're just not dogmatic well that's that. not your that's not your avenue of getting your information no. out and that's well and the best way to get followers is to say we have the answer yeah oh yeah Easy. we have the answer follow us every marketing like guru is like you got to be more polarizing you just got to do it because yes. that's what people want and, and honestly like, that's something that i've struggled with a lot because i'm very not like that and i feel like you know because you know, controversy and stuff sells. Right. But I'm the type of guy where it's just like, you know, yeah, that's the way you do it. That's fine. I don't right. necessarily like yeah. I do it, but I can see where you're coming from. You know right. what I mean? That's boring. Yeah. Right. But that, I mean, you can just take that from our podcasts over the year. Yeah. Where you can just tell our opinions have been changing, not drastically, but, you know, we kind of weave things in as we absolutely as well. Yeah. I think it's fun when you start your, your like podcast. For me, I did YouTube videos when mm -hmm. I started like to get my information out there and like, you go in there the first time, you're like, what do I talk about? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And then you're like, okay, this is it. Hey, so RPE is this. And like, you just like yep. very like structured and you just say with the thing that's in your head. And mm -hmm. now, at least for me, it's like, well, now I feel like I have a pretty broad understanding of yeah. all of the various ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And now it's very much like, well, this is what I do. And that's, right. that's what I'm right. going to talk about. Right. And, and I, so. And I your videos instantly get 10 minutes longer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, cause you can just talk about what you feel like is important to you versus what is like, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. What is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's funny because like recently I've been on with all my athletes. I've been on a, a big like foot pressure kick. Oh, like, yeah. I want to see where your foot pressure is uh -huh. at. And like before that wasn't even really on my radar and now it is. And now I've like, and then it's funny because I I've been, I'm changing, I'm evolving. I'm finding these different things that have worked for people and trying to apply it to different people like it's an ever evolving process. And even just like this conversation here, that's why I told you like, we don't really like to go off script. We just kind of like to see where it flows and talk about different things. And and I think sometimes like as a consumer, you want it just cut and dry, do this, this, and this. Uh -huh. But I don't, there's so many nuances and all these different things. It's, it's hard for me to do that and feel good about it, you yeah. know, because it's like, okay, yeah, you can do this, and it might work for you, but you could also do this too, right. you know? Well, that's, well, that's the difference between a five-minute clip and a two-hour podcast. Yeah. Right, yeah. where you can really dive in. And what's what, what I see happening with our podcast is people have questions and they come to me with those questions. Mm -hmm. Hey, you were talking about this. You never really touched on this. What do you think about this? Yeah. And it brings more conversation to it. Yeah. That's literally the marketing strategy that I'm using for the RTS stuff is that like, Every week we do a weekly Q and A mm -hmm. on Instagram, and I try to do my best to like answer that. I mean, because a lot of the questions, it's, Are, it's, they're looking for a specific answer. Oh my gosh, yeah. so difficult. Because I'm like, well, it depends. But here's so I went to go. I, I went from saying and having a lot of difficulty even saying anything to, okay, I know that it depends, but this is the experience I have with it, and that at least is better than like, eh, because right. that's not even true. Right, right. It's not like I've never done this, so right. whatever. It's like right. I have done this. This is my experience. And this is what I think could help you. This could be a good spark starting point for yeah. where you're at. Mm -hmm. Which I think is the answer for the most part is like, 
okay, maybe I don't know everything, but I do know what I know. Right. Like uh-huh. I do know the things that I currently know, and I'm also open to the idea that at some point that might will yes. be wrong. But I'm definitely gonna I'm not gonna put myself in a position where I'm like never low bar squat. Right. Like, right. right. I, yeah. <laughs> then you know? paint yourself into a corner, right. and yeah. then it's like. Well, now he's giving his athletes low bar squats. What, right. the, what is he talking about? Yeah. Then you become he, a hypocrite. Yes. Right. And and if you really look back into like, just look look at anyone's history in their uh, media yeah. production. Yeah. I mean, you look at mine. It's like, I mean, I, I don't think I was ever dogmatic in that way. I just I would always talk about the things that I thought were important. Um, I just recorded a video on the first part of how to be a good meat day, meat day coach. Mm. And I was thinking about this recently, like when I first started, I always was trying to, f- I need to make content, but I haven't done a lot. So like, how do I make content? And a lot of my first videos had nothing to do with powerlifting. Mm-hmm. They're like mindset, yep. how, how to get yeah. over these problems that you're facing. And for me, it was when I started coaching, a lot of people were like, you're not going to, why are you, you went to school for engineering. I didn't bring that up, but I went to school yeah, for engineering. Yeah, we kind of we we, cut oh, off on the story. Yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah, so I went to school for engineering, but then quickly when I realized I wanted to be more social, I realized engineering wasn't going to allow me to have that social life that I felt like I needed to grow as a person. Mm-hmm. So I dropped out of engineering and into kind of like a business degree. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it was consumer and family financial services, which is effectively small business finance and like accounting like basic mm-hmm. right basic business information and mm-hmm. it was actually helpful i mean maybe not forty thousand dollars helpful right, or whatever right but it, you know <laughs> well we don't know yet i don't know i mean the <laughs> thing is i'm here so yeah maybe exactly. it was uh you know but anyway it really just frames your mind yeah that's yeah. all i thought college was yeah just yeah. A, a way to okay here's your new brain see ya yeah yeah good luck well and the, obviously the interesting thing is like i think a lot of college people a lot of college kids especially me i mean i was like very opinionated very angry very frustrated because all of a sudden i'm i'm exposed to all these new ideas and new people and and new ways of thinking and and it was really frustrating to know that to like be living 18 years of your life and then you didn't have any of this and now you do and you're like you know why why didn't i know this before yeah, and, right you why know, was yeah school so you know sit down look straight ahead you can't talk i'm just gonna talk at you yeah that type of shit yeah now yeah. now you go to college and they're like well what do you think about these things i'm like i don't know and then you research yeah and it's like, like you should tell me isn't this what this is yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly what yeah. is this circle that we're in right yeah. now what yeah. is this shit you're supposed yeah. to tell me how to think yeah yeah i'm not used to this i like rose <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know like i like, want to see everybody's back the the craziest thing about that was when when i had when I came to the realization that like everything I can, there's, I can't get to the point. There's so many things I don't know. Yeah. Um, and at first I was frustrating and then I had to attach myself to something mm-hmm. and then I graduated and I, and working with Mike helped me a lot because Mike has always been into the nuance and then yeah. he's never talked with me or to me like you don't know anything because you're a kid you don't right i mean i was 10 i'm 11 years younger than mike Mm -hmm. i think or nine years younger than mike or something and i was always the youngest on the team but he would always talk to me as if i had something to contribute at like some whatever crazy idea like jim what do you think about this i'm like me right i don't know i'm yeah i was 19 when i started like i don't know yeah 
you tell me and he's right. like no i i genuinely I, want, I to, want know to know where yeah. your head at yeah yeah and and that and it's weird too because i think we're programmed like an adult. we're programmed yeah. to think that there's one right answer right and if we don't know that we're not don't think that it's concise enough to be one right answer then we're like uh i have no idea mm-hmm. right but like just like expressing your thoughts could lead you into the right direction and yeah. he knows that that's the what i love about my guess he knows that yeah and he it's helpful for him right it's super helpful because he's like okay well he thinks this based on his experiences how can we tailor what we do to what he's already mm-hmm. experienced stuff like that yeah. yeah like i have to credit him to a lot of how i am right now because of that mindset change but it was never like jim this is why i'm talking to you the way i'm talking to you it's yeah. just like i he, he just is how he is yeah. and then i realized over time like why because I felt empowered as a coach. Yeah. And I'm you like, built Man. your instincts. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is how I should be with my lifters. Right, because right. how good does it feel when someone in power talks to you like they're the same? Yes. You know? Or yes. like, yes. I'm just here as an individual with my own experiences. I have a lot of them in this domain, but you're an athlete and you've lived your life. Right. And I've not lived your life. Right. So how about we work together yeah. and combine these experiences? Right. And going hey, back to how to learn. Going yeah. back to finding another similarity besides right. just powerlifting. Yes. Yeah. And what's yeah. interesting is when you went to college for engineering, you yeah, said at first, obviously yeah. you have a problem solving background where you like solving problems. Yes. Right. And once he taught you how to again learn, you got to kind of put those worlds together, which is really cool. Dude, okay, I'm just gonna bring it up. That was like the most mind blowing thing to me in the most like probably the last two years, especially with emerging strategies, because one of the critical aspects of emerging strategies is to be creative mm-hmm. and not just like making. It, actually, you can make stuff up. Like, actually, you can do anything. Right. Whatever you want, like literally whatever you want. The only the other important variable to that is that you're paying attention to what happens after you do whatever you want. Yeah. And like, I didn't get it for a while because when we transitioned from like program design where it had so much of that periodization, mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, this is what I want to do, but this is what we would have done. This is what I want to do, but this is what we should have done. You're sticking you know? to your previous yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's, I don't remember when it happened, but I think when me and uh, Luke Richardson started to really gain some more momentum uh, and, and then I started getting other lifters that wanted to work with me because of him. Yep. Um, they were like, well, what's Luke doing? I'm like, well, I, I just don't think I can do the thing. I can't do the same thing with you and Luke, but I hope I can get similar results. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big if. Right. Um, right. But I still yeah. want to make sure that if this individual that's coming to me, I want to give them something that's that's designed for them. And mm-hmm. I, it was having this, I felt like I was being pulled, up, pulled apart, right. like pulled in half because- I don't know anything about this person. Mm-hmm. Here's a model I could follow. Mm-hmm. I How about I follow that? That's, that's easy. Yeah, and yeah. It's comfortable. It's right. comfortable. Now, yeah. did you come to the understanding that the old way wasn't wrong? Yeah. But you could yeah. meld the old way into this new way and that you could kind of fall back on it a little bit and still use some of it? Well, that and so it's like that's the thing is that the mo- it's not that the model is incorrect. It's that the way people are looking at the model is too... Cut and dry. Cut and dry. It's yeah. like black and white. Yeah. What about when this doesn't work? Yeah. Right. Do you blame the that's the thing, is because everyone was so model driven, the athlete must be wrong. Yeah. Because the model was right. Look at all this. Look at Absolutely. the Soviets. Yeah. Which, Absolutely. Which is actually hilarious because if you actually look at modern powerlifting, everyone's like, Boris Shiko is the greatest coach ever. Yeah. And, and surely he probably had a, I mean, he's pretty good. I right. learned a lot. And there's right. a lot to take from him. But 
He doesn't have any lifters really at, at Raw Worlds. Right. right. Yeah. No one's coached by him right now. Right. Right. So, you know, there's a, there's something good with the model, but we've taken that and ran with it. And mm-hmm. once I got to the point personally where, I, you know, I was talking about the other guy that, that responds well to high reps. It's like now I feel so comfortable just saying, well, your taper is going to look like this because you respond to it. Right. And like then you're like, yeah, because you're basing it off this experience. This is what happens to you. Yes. Yeah. Not I'm not stuck in this dogma where it's like, OK, well, we should actually take your heaviest lift two weeks from the day like right. because that's what so-and-so says and that's what has worked with this guy. It's yeah. like, well, those are good bases, right? Yes. And we've yes. started there, but we've uh, through our experiences and through our through the results that we've seen, we've found this other way that right. isn't necessarily what everyone says to do. Yeah. But that doesn't matter right. as long as it works. And if the thing is really important, if the model never existed, I would also be nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I used to do a lot of martial arts and what it sounds like is you went from, so for us, there's levels to being a black belt. You went from being just a black belt where you were told what to do. Now you're becoming and have become a master where you get to actually make your own theory and your theory yeah, it might be wrong, but you at least have this huge base. You have the old model. You have all these people that you've worked with that you get to apply all of that, and now you get to apply your own thoughts, which is really cool. You're it's, becoming the master. It's like you said earlier, like I learned how to learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you're okay and with not works, having all the answers. Exactly. Yeah. But you know how to go about finding them, or at least you have a strategy. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, right? that's the thing. YouTube is, first. Is at least <laughs> at least have a process. Like if right. you don't. I always try to talk about this with emerging strategies. It's like it's a process that teaches you how to create, yeah. how, how to get comfortable with that process of creating because it's a framework that gives you the tools, but then you can do whatever you want with those tools. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you'll do it so much as as a coach that you're like, well, look, a lot of these tools are great, but what about this other tool? Right. Or this is, you've never talked, like, you know, Mike, maybe he's never brought up a way to use stress index in in a way to you know make the exercise super efficient but i found it and i'm going to use it this way and i don't care if no other coach in the world has used it i'm doing it and we'll see what goes and like that's and if it's wrong you'll do something else yeah which is like so freeing yeah right it really is it's like all right yeah you know okay i mean yeah you gotta you know you have athletes to worry about and you want to be right and and you want them to see progress as fast as possible but if you want you're almost making the mistakes so that you'll make up the time later. Yes. Instead of making mediocre to low progress over an extended period of time. It's like, hey, we might see zero progress or negative progress right. for a couple of weeks here. Yes. Or a couple months. But it, when we fucking nail this thing. You're going to yeah. get a 30 kilo. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. Dude, and that's literally what happened. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. And then how fucking good does that feel? Yeah. Right. It's but. Like, Part of it is you had to be very vulnerable with your yeah, client, your yes. athlete. They had to be very vulnerable with you. And and that's a very it's iffy it's tough situation. as a coach. Because yeah. as a coach, I feel like I need to deliver these results to these yeah. athletes. Yeah. And there was a situation but that how about happened. This? That's what a good coach does. Well, yeah, you know what I, but I mean, not a money grub and whore. Because okay? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I work with a lot of money grub and whores who could give a damn. Yeah. I'm right here. Well, <laughs> no, but totally so there was. Minus the money grubbing. I'm just kidding. I kind of went out on a limb with this one (laughs) athlete, and I said, hey, we're going to sustain a lot of volume in this pretty close to your meet. We're going to do an aggressive deload peak Mm -hmm. cycle here. and uh, A pivot. Yeah, but it's it's more aggressive than that we've done in the past. 
Um, and he was kind of apprehensive and I was also too, because we hadn't done it before, but I'm like, Hey, we didn't have a great peak last time. Right. Right. And we're not going to know if this works or not unless we do it. So let's Mm -hmm. just do it. Let's see what the results are. And then we'll make a decision after going forward. Right. And we did it. And he was very nervous because his singles were nowhere near what they used to be when we were focusing more on singles leading into it. Um, but everything worked out and, and he peaked actually really well. And so then it's like, okay, well now we know that this, that you can do this and, right. and trust a little extra volume is fine. Yeah. Right. Right. So and trusting your gut. Yeah. yeah. And him and him being like, okay, well I'm giving you this because I feel right. like absolute shit right now and I'm two weeks out and like, I'm fucking freaking out. And I'm like, all right, I know, just trust me. We'll do this. And right. then, being able to be vulnerable and being like, hey, you know, like this is something we're trying new. Right. I don't know if this is going to work for right. you or not, but, but we're not going to, we're not going to know if we continue to do the same thing and see right. okay results. Like if we bust through that wall and like find something that is very advantageous to you, then we can potentially, you know, see right. incredible progress. But what's, again, a good part is you were honest with them. You were upfront and you said, we're going to try something new. Yeah. And you stuck to your guns because two weeks out, it's really easy. You feel like shit. Okay, let's pull some of that volume away. And, right. You know, you kind of go away from what you originally thought. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a good coach. Yeah. Makes a good it's, athlete. It's tough too. though. It it's is tough because I, I feel so much responsibility, and I'm. It's like, scary. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. For sure. You're scared. For sure. That's what it is. Yeah. No man wants to admit they're scared. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I do. I do want to talk about nutrition. I just yeah. want to talk about the most basic thing because okay. I don't know. The differences between these two. I know right. that fiber is good. I know yeah. that adding, like everyone says, like do you know get to. Thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to talk about like you know when I wasn't eating. Everyone, yeah, while yeah. traveling. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. right. everyone is like, yo, you know, ever I say this to all my clients: get two to three servings of fruits and vegetables, and then like I'm maybe getting one serving of fruit. No, right. Dude. Right, it's right. one. It's two to three servings of fruit and yeah. two to three servings of vegetables. Right, right. I was maybe getting fruit, and then also, you know, the things like uh, sugar alcohols. I was talking right. about. Yep. Those were really bothering me, and that's all I was eating because I was getting all my protein from whey protein because right. like that was the easiest Easy. and low carb bars and low carb bars, which yep. have like so many sugar alcohols. Right. And, you know, not to vilify those in general, but for me, it was, I was having such inconsistent, like, and just uncomfortable bowel right. movements. I've had some intestinal issue when I have a Robert Irvine bar. If you guys have ever had those. I just had one the other day. They're so fucking they good. They taste they? so good, but yeah. they kill my guts. It, really? it almost leaves them dry. Yeah. Yeah. Where I become gassy and. and but you can't thing. do anything with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it's all, it's definitely the sugar alcohols for me as well. Yeah. Um, which led me to figure out. So for me, if, if I'm gassy, there's a problem. Yeah. Right. Because you're not necessarily supposed to be consistently gassy or constantly gassy. Um, for me, I've found limiting my cruciferous vegetables helps me a lot. So I have broccoli once in a while. That doesn't do too much. But the cauliflowers, the Brussels sprouts, things like that. Because those are those are vegetables that tend to ha- be tend to make you gassy. The bacteria in your gut like tend to it attack, ferments. It ferments. Yeah, it ferments so hard. Um, which I will do fermented foods because that helps me. Um, it helps me sleep better, and it's. I mean, for me, if I'm not having a bowel movement every day, there's something wrong. Yes. Yeah. Um, and for me, I actually just had some homemade sauerkraut, and really? I've never felt better. Really? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
um, fermented foods I've found make me feel better. And then I kind of dove into some of the, the studies behind it. There's a vagus nerve that runs from your gut to your brain, which if your gut is inflamed, it causes depression. And if you're depressed, you can get... May inflamed. lead to. Exactly. Yes. Right. Correct. Yeah, may uh, lead right, to. Right, 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 right. Yes. May, may be associated with... Easy there, buddy. But we do know that inflammation in the brain does go hand in hand with depression. Most people who are depressed have some sort of inflammation in the brain, right? I don't um, know. Yeah. I, I haven't right, looked yeah. into it. Right. So also, um, serotonin, right, is one of your feel good, you know, hormones and uh, whatever. Um, but for me what I've found is when I have more fermented foods such as kimchi and and kefir and Greek yogurts that are whole fat, um, and even kombucha, it the next morning after I've woken up and after my body's digested that um, is when I do feel better. And I how does your like performance wise? Well, that's so what in, with, uh, that's what I'm interested. Well, in. so for me, weightlifting is so. How is my mind today? It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with my body. If my brain can't pull at the right time, extend at the you know, if my timing is off, mm-hmm. I'm I'm fucked for the day. I might as well go home after I do a squat session. Um, so for me, it's all about my brain. So there's a lot of pre-workouts that mess with me too, where it's almost like it's too stimulant based where Mm -hmm. it takes me, it almost makes me disassociated. And then I can't weight lift to my best potential. Cause again, I'm not just picking something up and getting angry and ripping it. There's a timing thing that goes into it. Yeah. Well, so it's like, um, I always talk about the, like the one trick, not even like, how do I put it? The, the magic pill oh, right. type things. Yeah. I think that magic pills exist when you've never had them before. So like, yeah. for example, there's plenty of things that will make a significant difference, but then once you keep doing it, obviously the benefit never, doesn't increase. So like right. sleep. Yeah. If right. you're chronically undersleeping and then you hear someone, they're like, sleep's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And then you sleep eight hours a day. Sleep is no longer the only, th- un- only thing that matters, right. but that should fix that part of the equation. Right. right. But so, it's always a moving target. Yeah, it's right. always a moving target. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't necessarily need the same, but but there are things that if you do change in your life, you will likely see a significant benefit. And what I do think, you think those bit like those boxes that you want to check? What are those biggest boxes? Yeah. So I think sleep is the number one. Mm, right. Like. We we live in a, a world right now where it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like all you got to do is fucking hustle and that's it. And it can be really easy, especially when you do your own business, starting your own business or you're, you're building something, you're coaching, you know, coaching career to really overextend yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you have the empathy that I think is important for all of your athletes to kind of get into that position where you're like, I'm going to stay up to 12 in the morning because I just, that's the only way I can get or you know, three in the morning because that's the only way I can get all my programs out or that's right. the only way I can communicate with all my lifters. Right, especially if you have lifters overseas. Yes. That's yeah. a big yeah. one, right? If you because... got to Skype with them live, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. or just, you know, com- conversing with them when they're training. And right. so a lot of that is working out the process. But anyway, the point is you're going to be a much worse coach in the long run <clears> if you're not getting your sleep because right. the your ability to respond adequately to the situation that your lifters are are experiencing is going to change. I noticed that my anxiety levels are crazy high if I don't get enough sleep. Right. Dude. Uh, I've noticed that my, uh, my, I've been really bad on sleep for the past couple of months Mm -hmm. and I've never been this anxious in my life. And it's, it's bad, but 
I just as your adrenaline pumps a little and your cortisol yeah, increases it. too. Apparently, I, f- I mm-hmm. just feel it in my chest, right? Like a lot. You're on high alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, my athletes actually notice a change in me because I spend four or five days with them every week. They'll know the days I've slept. They'll know the days I haven't slept. Mm-hmm. Just on, not necessarily the vibe they get from me, but just how I might be really short with my answers they mm-hmm. know i didn't get enough sleep mm-hmm. if i'm more willing to explain things or i'm just calm they know i've gotten enough sleep it's so they even can sense when i don't have right. it right yeah and that's why when you're online you don't people don't won't always be able to pick up on that yeah. right so but, you can maybe get away with it in a sense right or you just don't even realize that that's the main yeah. variable that's contributing to maybe a negative response or like your right. athletes are just dropping off because they don't like you or something yeah. like that right. it's yeah. like well maybe just because the way you're texting or the way you're messaging right. them is off and so you know and i will say i'll put in there quick i've used utilized a lot because um, i use facebook messenger for a lot of my correspondence um, I send them voice messages. Me too. Yes. I yeah. love it because yeah. they can they can read my tone of voice more yes. and they can kind of see where I'm coming from. And, so, and like you can't really express enough stuff just over text. Right? Yeah. Like it needed like it. And I don't want them to interpret or the misinterpret wrong the wrong right. way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so put I'll, emphasis where it doesn't and plus belong. Plus it yeah. saves so much effing time. It does. Like yeah. I, I'd rather just sit there. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Click, and click, then, click, click, click. And then like, you look back and you're like, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. And all like, these words are misspelled. Yes. You, you yes. look dumber than you have to. Yes. You know? Whereas like, and it's easier to, instead of typing a freaking three-page message, you can put it in right. a two a two-minute little thing where they can always go back and listen to it again right. and yeah, I've and found- you can eliminate a lot of harshness too, yes. yeah, which is nice. Yeah, because yeah, I because work- when you put a period, it means so much. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, and there's so fuck you. there's so much of that. Little <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck that- you. And you're like, I didn't mean right. that, yeah. but I meant like fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you, right. bro. <laughs> fuck you. I yeah. think it's I think so. Like sleep. Dude, just figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if there's like a pyramid, you'd say sleep is on the bottom as one bottom. of the biggest. Oh yep. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Because, uh, and on top of just like the hours and the quality, there's a lot of research on the circadian rhythm and like, yeah. and and not only just like circadian rhythm for performance, but well, obviously yes for performance, which is important. But things like bowel movements yeah. are going to be dependent on your circadian rhythm. So like. Seven oh one. If you've ever <laughs> if you've ever traveled overseas, oh yeah. The biggest for me, the biggest difficulty in, in adapting to the time zone is that my body wants to go to the bathroom at three in the morning. Right. And right. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, but yeah. like you're gotta yeah, that's weird, I've, right? Because when yeah. you're at home, how much do you how right. often do you get up to take a shit in the middle yeah. of the night? Yeah, never. 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 Right. Zero times. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> so I've heard that melatonin can help that. Yeah. When you're trying to for the first few days that you're in a different time zone, a little bit of melatonin just to tell you, hey, now's the time I need to start releasing that melatonin to yeah. start sleeping mm-hmm. and help. I've heard fasting can as well. Yeah, um, that's huge. So yeah. the food, the timing of the food also influences yeah. the yeah. Yep. digestive system. So like if you want to use the toilet at seven in the morning that time, then you need to correlate the the meals. We should shift the meals up to when right. that would then right. translate. But then right. also like if you're just at home and you, there's never a, a consistent time there, then you're sending your body mixed signals and yes. then it's it can't find a baseline and then yep. it's always kind of guessing. Yeah. Too. So even at home, even if your sleep is perfect, yeah. There is benefit in eating around the same time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then on top of that, so the next step after you get your sleep in, you benefit you know, assuming you understand the benefits of all of this, you know, consistent sleep, 
going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time. If you can do that, you don't have as much of the variability in like right. mood and hormones and fl- yes. all the fluctuation. Yes. I'll yes. even try to do it on weekends because I know because on yes. let's say a Sunday I want to sleep in. I always set my alarm clock right because as soon as i push it back an hour and a half or whatever oh i'm messed yeah Yeah, then i get the monday itis yeah yeah yeah. so i usually it's difficult because you know we have other desires other than to be these social lives yeah other aspects that we also need to pay into to get back what we want from right like like i went out on friday and Mm -hmm. like so there's things i like to do like i don't drink much if anything um but yeah like friday night i went out because i've been you know this weather and the right. the, the night time yep. starting at four o'clock it, yeah it it's gets raining man I, i've been trying to like i was about to go to bed on saturday at 7 p.m damn you know like <laughs> and and so the, like i went out friday night and i stayed up late but i didn't drink i just had fun i had a yeah. lot of fun mm-hmm. just hanging out with my buddies and like i went to bed at 1 30 uh i have a dog so she's always still going to be waking up around 9 30 right, and, right. Or, eight or whatever she doesn't care if you went to bed late the last exactly she doesn't care i I need to get up for her so like on one hand i still need to have friends and i need to be social Mm -hmm. but i need to be a little bit more systematic systematic like okay guys i love you guys but i gotta go at midnight or actual happen to my sleep and like how much do i value that or maybe uh, maybe i take the sacrifice because i can't be perfect right well and that's the thing too it it all depends on how much you want to give into one aspect Mm -hmm. right because it's like hey if you truly want to be the best possible athlete you can be then you're gonna have to pull from those other aspects of your life you gotta pull from your social life you gotta pull from all this other stuff because that's if that's really what you want to do but if you're kind of like well i really enjoy powerlifting but i'm not really willing to sacrifice the other things in life then you just have to realize that your your progress and your ability to be a really good powerlifter is going to be diminished right. a little bit. And, exa- and just ex- embrace it. Right. And be like, okay, well, that's what happens. And that's yeah. why, like, I mean, I'm not a super competitive athlete at, well, right now, definitely not. But when I was younger, I was relatively competitive at my weight class. Um, and then I got hurt and, like, I had a lot of other things I had to figure out to manage that. Mm-hmm. But now when things do happen in the gym that aren't what I wanted – it's much easier for me to then to look pick at the, out what happened. Right. Yeah, like yeah. oh, I I went out. I last. saw in your post right. the other day. You said uh, this. You said actually it was good considering what I did the past couple of days or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah, I I, ch- I try not to put those like. Well, I I don't know. I just want to acknowledge that they happened, yes. so I'm right. not yes. just like didn't know. I didn't know. I'm I'm weak. Uh, right. And then like oh and my then god, just the, be mad. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. be mad or like the programming sucks or like I no. missed five meals in the last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. like what the yeah. fuck. Yeah, like so it's just okay. This is. I like to do that not to then say, like, so pity me, but more, this is the thing that I need to take responsibility yeah. over for next mm-hmm. time if I want to hope for the best result. Yep. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, like, that's the reason. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty damn sure the reason that my deadlift session on Saturday didn't go well was because I went out with my friends. I didn't get close to the amount of protein or calories I needed on Friday. Yep. And so I had a lak of sleep. I was off. You know, my circadian rhythm was off, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know how much of that I can control. But... I didn't get sleep. I didn't eat enough, and so I'm tired. And yeah. because I'm tired, yeah. I'm not obviously yeah. affect your. You're not as aroused as you right. normally exactly. would be, dude. Yeah. You know? Like, and yeah. I can even have caffeine. It's like I just wanted to go to sleep. But after. then you get that dark energy yes. when you're tired and you take caffeine. Yeah. Everything just gets dark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and again, when you need to do like a snatch, you can't be dark. No. Right. No. But I, I do want to go back a little bit. Yes. Making sure you always get your sleep and always get your food and always get your water is going to possibly make you the best power lifter. But if you get so into it where you forget all of the other things about 
being a human, yeah. it can actually have diminishing returns too. Yeah, yeah. because there are you times put you too need... much, too much into exactly, something, and, and you that's burn when like you have a bad day, and then right. your whole fucking world is collapsing right. yep. because you're so emotionally invested right. in this one thing. I did everything perfect. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. right. Because there are unforeseen right. stuff that just happen. Yeah, you know. I think that it's one of those interesting, interesting ways of looking about training. Because if I look at who are the best athletes I've ever worked with there's commonalities and common trends between all of them. And the biggest one is that they take this shit seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, worked with Luke Richardson and, and Mark McQueen. I work with jo- like all the British. Yep. I don't know if you guys know the British guys, but I work with a lot of them and they have this shit dialed in. Like it's the only thing that matters. Right. Not the only thing, but it's, it's a high, high on priority. The, the priority list. Yep. And you know, they still have friends and they still go out, but like, Hey, it's responsible. Yeah. They're very yeah. responsible. Like I, and they're great at taking responsibility for it. Like they might, some people do the things, but then they still are like, well, you know, screw that guy for ruining my set. Right. Or he walked in front of my camera right. and stuff. It's like, right. bro, that didn't, that right. didn't make or that Or it's an equipment bad. thing. Yes. Oh, my shoe or, or my wrap wasn't tightened enough. Or they're, they're. Right. You're so reliant on it that a little bit of yeah. tension makes or a difference. Or they're looking to not take responsibility right. themselves. Or it can't be them. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It's gotta be this well, other thing. I mm-hmm. think the. So my athletes, what they do is technique stuff a lot. They're like, well, I didn't, I wasn't in the right position. And I've really, I like that a lot better than mm. I wasn't strong enough or, or well, yes, better than I wasn't strong enough. Uh, but better than the equipment sucked. And so therefore yes. I sucked. It's like the equipment was different than what I'm used to. That also led to likely a, a technical change I wasn't ready for. Yeah. And that's why it wasn't what I wanted, but a lot of them are really good at realizing that. And mm-hmm. so it's not this like catastrophic event that right. they didn't hit their goal set for the day. Right. They have a reason that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, anecdotally it matters. You yeah. know, if you switch from bumper plates to, to, to kilo plates, right. uh, uh, calibrated plates like right. that, it makes That's a, a difference. Right. Or yeah. like a power bar to a normal gym bar. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like, your shoes are different that day. Like dude, those just matter. Just going to a different gym. Yeah. Just yes. go to a different gym. A different once. environment? Yeah, exactly. I mean, all those things. Dude. Lifting in front of a mirror. Right. And and you have to be able to, because they do make a difference, yes. right? Right. And you have to understand that they're going to make a difference before, so you can be somewhat prepared for what's going to yeah. happen. But I think even if they don't make like a physical like difference on how it feels or like if it's not, because a lot like... I don't think the difference between like pound, regular pounds, standard plates, and Alico or, or and kilo plates are is that great. Mm-hmm. I think people make it a big deal because it looks a lot different. Right. Because and a lot of the people, or a whatever. lot of the people that I know who have expressed to me that it's a big difference, they're not even necessarily strong enough to know the difference between the weight low. Like it's like right. it's at that point, it's not that big. Right. But it's in their head that it's big. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to be big. Yes. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if it if truly it is or not. If you perceive it as it is, then oh, it's right. going to be. You'll screw yourself yeah. over. Yeah. I, I think I think the, the valuable part is taking responsibility, but then also like just do the best with with, with yes. the best you can with what you have. Yes. And then that's how it is. And yes. then if don't it, make excuses, just be like, hey, this is what I, this is the situation I was in. And this is what we were able to get done. Right. Yeah. And Boom. that's and that, that, so getting back to like what the best lifters do, that's a very common trend for them. Um, they get everything else right, too. Like mm-hmm. they get their sleep in. Um, they also create rituals that are beneficial for them and that they can depend on and rely on no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people create rituals that are like a bit rough. Like I take my utopia uh, 
you know, 30 minutes exactly before the, the training session. And, you know, I didn't have utopia today, so I had to drink coffee. And right. it's like, right. So now my whole thing is. Thrown yeah. Off. And right. so that can be kind of unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said sleep was number one. Sleep was number one. I, I think the other thing, and I'm just going to add this because at first I wasn't going to say it, but having uh, daily routines, mm. I think. Oh they, yeah, they matter yeah. a lot. Like for you the wake long up, term. you plug in the coffee maker, you take your shower, like that kind of a routine. Yeah, like just knowing what you're gonna do every day, it, it, in the long run matters a lot. In the short run, it it helps, but it's like in the short run, you know, you could have a good right. session because you had a good session. And you can get right. into a car accident too. Yeah. Right. So yeah. right, and so in the long run, having a routine allows you to get minimize the variables. Yes. And then right. Be able to do it. Make it repeatable. Yeah. Imagine if every morning you woke up and the moment you get out of bed, you have no idea what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. But then you, shit, I have to get to work. Yeah. Right. By, you know, in the next hour. Well, right? so that's right? something that I've changed for myself the mm-hmm. most because when I was traveling, I always had something to do, but I didn't. It was so obvious. It was so obvious. Okay. Well, I have a, I have a seminar this weekend. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. You right. know, or I have to go to this, another city tomorrow. So that's what I'm doing. Right. It's very obvious. It was like, if I forget this, I don't have a place to sleep. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, but now that I have my own apartment, n- nothing's really that obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just sit and look at my and phone for four hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you've established habits. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you look at my phone, I have a calendar and I don't stick to it like crazy, but the, having it in my mind that mm-hmm. this is something that this is how my day could look if right. I stuck to it. It keeps me so much more aware of what I need to do mm-hmm. if I really care about the things that I decided I care about. And it yeah. limits the panic yes. of later yes. when you yeah. forgot. The procrastination. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. But, and also like for me, I'm, I'm a chronic procrastinator. Like I have, I have to do things right away or else I somehow find a reason not to. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's so weird because when I just get my shit done, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I feel so good, and I feel like energized. I'm like, all right, I'm fucking, I'm getting shit done. Yeah, today. I'm, like, I'm the man. Doing, yeah. yeah, but yeah. for some reason, I somehow still fall into yeah. that that right Procrastination. You push it off until you panic. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I never, my product is never as good when, right. I, when yeah, I'm no. at there. If I have the time to do it and I do right. it then, it's always better. Because right. any mistakes you make, you can fix without anybody noticing. Or if they do notice yes. them, they're much, you're much more ready to respond and yes. like fix yeah. it. Because yes. if you do it with procrastination, that's like anxious energy. Uh-huh. And then anything that deviates from the plan, you're already anxious because right. you're like, oh, i got to get this done right. in the next 10 minutes. Right. right. If I, I don't, like I'm dead. i got to send this email. Son yeah. of a bitch. So yeah. the rule that <laughs> they I've, need their programming now. <laughs> yeah. The rule that I've made for myself, and I think Jocko Willink said this originally, but he's like, it's like if you if something comes across your mind and you're like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. First, you're going to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then the next emotion is going to be like, fuck, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. If that's what happens, then you really need to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You need to get it done right then. Yeah. Because if you already don't want to do it right away, you're really not going to want to do it in a, c- a couple hours. Yeah. You know, at least get the wheels turning. Because I know yeah. recently you've been you'll go to like a Starbucks or something in the morning mm-hmm. and just kind of start your thought process. Yeah. And then later on in the evening, after you've thought about it kind of all day, then I'll, what I do a lot down. of times is like, I'll go and I do almost like a first draft yeah. of like a program. Yep. Like while I'm there, I'll like do, okay, this is where my head is at right now. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to lay everything out. And then before I send it, I want to look at it again. Yeah, just, you chew on it for a while. Right, just so that like, okay, well, I've thought about, I've been able to think about this a different way now and I'm looking at it with a new set of eyes. 
Because a lot of times when I'm doing programming, I'm looking at a fucking spreadsheet for mm-hmm. three hours before that. You know what right. I mean? So it's nice to be able to do something, take a step away, look at it again, just double check that everything is still the way you want it, and then do it, mm-hmm. and then send it out or whatever. Since you work all, do you work all mostly online or? Yeah, mostly. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things I thought I, I, I've been doing a lot more of um, is someone will ask me like, what's the, what's the plan for next cycle or mm-hmm. whatever? And it's like, I don't know right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not tell them. I just probably won't respond because I just don't, I don't know yet. And I don't, right. I, the thing that I used to do is if someone messaged me and I saw it, no matter what I was doing, I just say whatever's on my mind. Yeah. And like, cause I wanted them to feel connected, but right. then like, you want to respond to them right away because you feel like that's a big, important thing. Y- yes. Which it is. But, and they're paying you. But it's, it's going to cost you in the long run. If you don't think about it much, if right. like, for example, I was, I was traveling for a while. So like sometimes I would message somebody and say something that I thought was right. But then actually you think about it some more and you're like, fuck, I don't really think that that's the best way to do or, it. Or, or like that, I, I just made myself look stupid because right. we just had a, com- maybe we had just had a conversation and I wrote a bunch of notes down, but I don't have the notes in front of me. So the thing that's on my front of my mind is contradicting the notes or like the conversation we just had. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, man, I can't do that anymore. So now mm-hmm. The things that I do is like make sure I have a way to document what has already happened, uh, similar to like the training logs that we have, but also like I need to have notes for this person because if I'm going to respond to them and I'm taking this seriously, I'm responding to them with the information that I have you need already to be knowledge, knowledgeable right. at that point because there's times I mean that's what psychiatrists do they yeah. always like, take notes yeah, yeah. I have a, in each every one of my athletes folders I have a note sheet so it's just a word document mm-hmm. where I just write down whatever and there's times like you said when because i mean i have a day job yeah so when i'm at work and i get a message and i'm like my first instinct may be something but i'm not i'm not thinking about what i wrote on their notes a couple days ago which is going to impact this decision so then yeah it's it can be tough so it's nice when like i like to just put off i'll do all my responses in the evening when I have my computer mm-hmm. in front of me and I can look at everything and be very educated with my response yes. mm-hmm. rather than just going off the cuff and maybe having to backtrack. Later. Yeah. So uh, like another thing is I turn off every note. I don't have any notifications turned on my phone except for uh, texting mm-hmm. and uh, messenger because I don't get a lot. All my, all my coaching is either email or WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Because nobody uses WhatsApp in the States. Nobody does. Yeah. So if you have it for coaching, then they're not that's it. That right. they're they're here for exactly. WhatsApp for me. Yep. And then that's it. And, and then for me, I'm on WhatsApp for them. Right. Not, You're not like having buddies hit you up on yeah, WhatsApp. It's not no. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. No. You just yeah. start scrolling. Yeah. Dude, Instagram's the worst because if your clients oh. start messaging on Instagram, you can't search crap no. on Instagram. No. Right. It's and hard. also like, I'm so distracted on Instagram. Oh, Someone God, DMs dude. me. They're like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm yeah. like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> can we get a call? I'll, you know what? Schedule a call with me because I, yep. you know. So I think having that's why like having a routine is helpful because then with the with coaching um a lot of your job is reactive. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it is is reactive and you want to try to minimize how much how much how much variability there is in your responses and so if you're reactive you can react but have the information with you before you react, right. you mm-hmm. know. And so what you're saying is you'll pick up point in that day hey i'm going to do my responses maybe sometime in the morning yes or on tuesday i do them in the evenings yep. or rather than i'm just gonna do it right now that's yeah. kind of what you're getting yeah at. so like there's this idea uh the one touch policy if you touch it then you gotta do act it on it yeah. if you don't touch it then make sure you have a time to right, you know, right whatever right 
So I uh, yeah, I do have my calendar like yeah. at four to five PM on Wednesdays. I, I do an hour of responses and like I'm not perfect with it all the time because sometimes there are people I can respond to quickly and that might not be in my scheduled time. Mm-hmm. But at least I know that at four to five on a Wednesday, I have an hour dedicated to responding to people, clearing out my inbox. Yep. And and because I'll also know I'll be on my computer, I can look at that file document that you know you have. Right, I have it on, right. the, on the RTS website. We have like a, a coach's notes section. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least I'm not so stressed right yeah because yeah. that's when i was start, starting out like my biggest stressor was like what if i'm gone and and you know a lifter wants me and and i'm fucking having fun with my life right. and then they they're yes. they need me yes they don't need you that moment even right. if they want it like even right, if right. i want my coach to respond to me right now i don't want him right now no right, right. yeah no, like, like i don't, I don't want him to be tight like message me when he's at a bar like, yes right. i'd rather have him wait till the next day where you know he may be in a better environment. just as so long as you get back to them eventually right. yes right. right and hopefully yeah. without it i mean like if you so this is why i don't like email because if i do have a situation where someone's in in jeopardy let's say they get injured um I don't look at my emails very much. Yeah, I, I look at those more weekly mm-hmm. because I don't. I really don't have that many lifters on email. Yeah, if they want something done that looks at like a review, then fine, we can do that on email. But if you have feedback on your lift, I don't want to wait a week to look at seventeen lifts that right. you want to talk about. Right. right, send them to me on WhatsApp. I mean, and so I, I'm making it sound like the clients in the wrong if they do that. I communicate like, hey, look, every every day that you train, send me the top sets of your lifts. Yep. If you have, and and what I would like is send the top sets, what you thought the RPE was and what exercise or what were your thoughts going into yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Is there one valuable thing that you can take away from this? And then what do you need my help with? So that adds more structure kind st- of structure and, to the response. Yeah, and then yeah. they, ex- they have to think a little bit more too. Yeah. Right. Cause uh, if I just send me the video, I'm like, what were you thinking about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The whole day was your chest dropping, yeah. or, you know, because that's what I'm seeing. What's going on? Yeah. 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 And are you aware of these things? Because if right. they are, then I'm like, yeah, that's what I saw right. too. Did and your girlfriend just break up with you? And, right. You know, your RPE eight is way <laughs> under where it was before. Yeah. Yeah. And those You're things just like angry today. Yeah. So like, if you look at just uh, the training log, for example, we have mm-hmm. a competition progress tab on the site. That's how I look at a lot of like the progress. But I might think that this regression and progress is because they've peaked or something. Right. But if I ask them, a lot of times they'll say like, no, I know it was bad. Like, I know you saw it and you thought yeah. it was bad, but I know that I was only having a downturn because I didn't get any sleep last right, night. Right, I have right. a guy in France and he's always traveling from city to city to, to meet up with different power lifters because they're all spread out. Mm. And like one week, he, two weeks ago, he like had like four hours of sleep for like three days straight because oh, he yeah. was traveling and whatever. And he's like, don't worry about it. Right. Because this is why I'm like, okay, right. Well, then we won't change anything. Exactly. But you've taught them to take responsibility yes. for that, yeah. which yeah. is important. That's yeah. why yeah. I really value that. Like, you know, we talked earlier in the podcast about individuality. The individuality is more about their like personality, yeah. you know, yeah. and like what they respond well to from a communication standpoint. You know, obviously, if you break it down into exercise selection, but just like making sure that they understand what you want yeah. from them too. Yes. And also that they're on the same page with we're doing this because this is what we want to get out of it. Yes. Right. You know, because if they're just thinking, Hey, I'm, he's just having me do this for no reason. Uh-huh. Right. Then they're not going to have, they, you want them to know the intent. They yes. want, yeah, the why. Yep. Even yeah. if and the thing that used to be scary for me is like, well, 
I don't have a study to back it up. Right. Like I just this is my explanation. Yeah. It doesn't need to be super. Well, technically, they're only hiring you for your advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Based on your experience, experience hopefully. yeah, yep. your professionalism. Yep. What's your advice? That's, yeah. that's all we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's so like a, when you first work with a lifter, to 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 assume anything is kind of silly, right? Yeah, you know, like sure they, tr- I know that they train, I know that they want to work with me. Yep. That's pretty that's much your, my your base. Two right. base. Yep. Yeah. Now with your, let's say you get a brand new athlete, do you talk to them about like their squat form? And do you, like, have them break it down in their words? Like, what's going on? Or uh, Honestly, I I don't, like, unless they're new yeah. and they've never squatted before. You just let them go. I let them go. Because, okay. dude, if they're powerlifting and they've done a meet, they're probably squatting sufficiently. Yeah. Um. What I will do, though, is once the week starts, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with their form until we start training, right? right? Right. Once the week starts and they start sending me videos, and I'm like noticing that they're not bracing effectively. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't see any expansion in their their core. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I might say, hey, look, let's try doing some 90-90 breathing drills just yeah. to get that. Throw your feet up on a wall and yeah, yep. the yep. breathing mechanic dialed in and see if you notice an impact on mm-hmm. that like feeling of tightness or that pressure in your core. Right. And if you do, then let's do it. If not, um, if you don't notice a benefit, then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you are bracing already. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah, know? for sure. But I don't want to be like, hey, so where do you f- put your feet when you squat? Like, yeah. oh, right, it, right, you know, right, right. I don't care if you're are you hitting depth and are you feeling good? Right. Yeah. 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 Like, Those are, are the two big. Uh, right. Big exactly. Ones. Yeah. You have if you have no pain and you're hitting depth, it counts, right? Right. Like yeah. unless you see a big shift or something. Right. And yeah. I mean, there are certain. I mean, you can give cues if there's something that Some you need. see that they could maybe benefit from. But mm-hmm. if it's you got to look at how that's going to affect everything Mm -hmm. because like it's like well are you going to just tell them their squat sucks and they need to like start all over it's like no especially when you first start working with somebody i want them to i want them to feel empowered yeah Yeah. i want them to feel like they're awesome right Mm -hmm. if you start off your coaching like it's like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong it's like well fuck man right like and that is there anything right (laughs) yeah yeah and so one of the things that I think is really important when, when it comes to conversation and communication with any athlete, but even like how I want to be talked to about, let's say I have, a, I have a video editing mentor. I have him check out my videos and tell him, he tells me what needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. And I will, I told him like, look, before you give me feedback, I want you to tell me what you liked. Mm-hmm. And what you didn't, and then and then you can say whatever you want about what to improve. Right. But I know that for me to do well with this, I need to feel like the work I put in has value. Value. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, the, I'm the same way, man. Right. I was I was a college football player, and like my freshman year was tough because you have to like do something unless you're like a super highly recruited athlete. You have to like do something for the coaches to even know your name. Yeah. Right. And like, let alone tell you that you did a good job. Right. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that for a while because I wasn't getting any positive mm-hmm. reinforcement for a long time. And like, I got down on myself because I'm like, fuck, man, I suck. Yeah. Right. I can't do anything right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In communication, we always did like a sandwich technique, we called it. One good thing that you did well. And then you could do a hundred things that you did wrong. And then one more good thing that you did yeah. so that they start the conversation and end the conversation with a positive. And then you can tell them whatever the fuck you need to tell them. Yeah. You know, like, wow, that bar yeah, speed was really good. Yeah, they call that the sandwich or whatever. Yeah, the sandwich. Yeah. The bar speed was great. I didn't like how at the bottom, you know, you your hips tucked under, like, but they never do that. And, you know, but I really liked 
your foot pressure, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yes, you got to yeah, say, yeah. right? And here's how we can improve on that one thing that I didn't like, even right. though there could be a hundred more. Right. Things, or how right? about like avoiding overcuing? Yes. Shotgun method. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Here's like, what I saw. Fuh, 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 fuh. Right. It's like let me let's just work on this one thing. Jesus, almost fell over. Let's work on this one thing <laughs> Drunk for on the next water. week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let's just get this thing better, and then we can focus on move on to something else. So, because it's like. If they're trying to f- fix 18 things at once, nothing right. is going to... Well, newbies only have so much attention they can apply because they're already thinking all this shit's going on. Yeah. And as you get better, you can maybe think about two things, yeah. You know what I mean? but not 15. Yeah. I, I uh, agree with that for the, pretty much for the most part. But the thing that I notice is that there is a... Pr- like, when I'm lifting, I'm not thinking about two things... Like I know the things I'm doing. I know that I need to grab yes, the bar, yes. and then I need to bring the bar to my traps, and I need to find my shelf, yep. and then I need to breathe into my core, and then I need to walk out. And there is a process that I'm aware of, and I am thinking about. So my hypothesis is that if a beginner lifter is starting with me, actually, I have a perfect example for right now. I'm working with someone right now, and he was telling me he doesn't feel like he's very tight with his squat. And I needed to t- somehow communicate with him that his bar wasn't stable on his back. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't just say, you know, tighten your back. It, that's a one cue answer. Right. But that, it couldn't do that. I can't. It's not going to solve the problem. So yeah. what I did was I recorded a five-minute voice note to him. Mm-hmm. And I just went over with him my process for squatting. Yep. Right. I said, I told him, I say, what you're going to do is you're going to grab the bar with your hands, you know, even even just out the bar, step right. by step, step by right. step. Yeah, I just told him you need a, f- a ritual. Yeah, and it's like, dude, I get everyone's like overcuing, overcuing, overcuing. I get it, but you can totally go through a process for them to think about, yes. and they might not yeah. get it right away, yeah. but at least they know. Like first, right. I take my hands, and then I grip my right. my my back, and then no, I I, I agree totally with that. Agree. When they're yep. when you give them a process, yes. yeah. But when you're just saying, hey, when you squat, do all of this yes. at the same time. Right. That's yes. so tough. Yeah. Or I, I've heard coaches where they're like, breathe, yeah. hit it. Yeah. Uh, and they're just while throwing they're 50, lifting. Exactly. Yeah. 15 yeah. things. Or they're having a full conversation with the athlete. Yeah. While or how about when you're at a meet and someone misses a lift or it's slower and then you f- hear them walking back and they're telling them to, them oh, to do yeah. all these different God. things. It's like. Um, now's yeah. not the They're time. They're at the no, meet. No. They know <laughs> they should know. But I mean, even with weightlifters, I'll tell them, your lift starts before you touch the platform. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want you to run it through your head. Oh, yeah. Then step onto the platform. Oh, dude. So line huge. the bar up with a certain part on your foot and do this, do that. Yeah. 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 Because it'll get you into the groove, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you, it's your setup. When you feel your setup is a little off, a good athlete will start over. And hopefully that setup is better. Right. But you'll start to notice in your workouts, like, oh, every time I set up, I I want to be here, but then I always go to here because I'm tight. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a problem. Yeah, We right. need to fix that problem. Right. right. All right. Well, we need to wrap this sucker up here, but I just want to say, dude, Jim, thanks a ton for coming out. This was awesome. I mm-hmm. think we could freaking go for another three hours if we wanted to. Yeah. We might um, have to visit. And we might have to go to <laughs> a session in or something. Yeah. Like Dude, I, um, I, this is great. I, I hope that whoever's watching and listening or watching, they're not watching, uh, listening, found some value out of this because yeah. we didn't. Even, I don't even think we. There's so we much know more. your name. Yeah, you know my <laughs> name. You know. Yeah. Good. So yeah. give out your information and how people can contact you, or I mean, if you're available for people to just ask you questions, why not? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty free on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is where I spend most of my time. It's J I M underscore R T S. 
uh, that's mostly where you can get me. Otherwise, you can email me at jim at Reactive Training Systems. And then our YouTube channel is Reactive Training Systems on YouTube. So you those guys are, have a podcast too. And we have a podcast, the Reactive Training Systems podcast on Spotify. Anyway, or anywhere you get podcasts, we're on there. Um, I think that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, RTS, they have a ton of stuff online if you seek them out. Meg T's been doing this shit for a long time, and they have a, a bunch of good information, so I definitely uh, encourage people to go out and find that stuff. But, yeah, thanks again, man. Uh, thanks yeah, for thank making you. the trip. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one. The Coaches Collaboration Podcast. What do you mean you haven't subscribed yet? What the hell are you waiting for? Come on, y'all. The Coaches Collaboration Podcast is brought to you by Salutum Health and Performance. Take your full power potential to a new level. Online at salutumhp.com.